know. I'm Mr. Icicle. I'm Mr. Ten Below. Friends call me Snow Miser. Whatever I touch turns to snow in my clutch. <laughs> I'm too much. Ho, 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 everybody. Uh, I forgot what the fuck I was going to say after that. So, What'd you call me? And welcome to the Dudes Watch Disney podcast and some other shit, because most of what we're going to talk about today isn't Disney. Uh, but branding, who cares? I'm Jake. I'm Dustin. And it's Christmas time, provided I'm good at editing and I get this out. I've got like 20 days to work with, so we'll see. It's Valentine's Day. <laughs> It'll be Christmas time again sometime. You could listen to it whenever. Podcasts can be evergreen. You could you could make this like a yearly Christmas. Yeah, you could make this a yearly Christmas tradition where you just listen to us every year. Do you have any total sidebar? Do you have any Christmas or seasonal like podcast episodes you go back to like a Christmas special each year? No, I do not. Other than our own, because that's who I am. Other than our own, I don't re-listen to any podcasts. I was going to say this is our first seasonal episode. <laughs> That's true. No, I don't re-listen like I one and done. Uh, it took me a while to get into that mode because like I don't know. I when I first got into podcast it was like a totally different world of podcast cuz it was like 2012 or some shit and it's like here's this episode of this thing like about this thing and you know it wasn't a weekly thing. It was every so often and each one had a theme and it wasn't just like weekly discussions and I would just Stack them up on my iPod and listen to them at JCPenney all the fucking time. But it's a different world now. And it's a world full of Christmas magic. I'm going to keep bringing it back to that when I don't know where I'm going next. Speaking of Christmas magic mm-hmm. and another sidebar, today I went on a Christmas train ride. And maybe we can compare your Christmas train ride, which <laughs> is probably true. much better done, to my Christmas train ride that I went to. Well, so, for, before we start, mine was in a big tourist town. Full of all kinds of shit, and yours was in ass nowhere. Well, right. So yours was in, um, you know, the tourist attraction of the middle of the country, Mm -hmm. the place you should, everyone should go once, at least once before they die, of Branson, Missouri. Yeah, I think once covers it, but, you know. And my version was a thing the Arkansas-Missouri train company is doing, and so at various cities in Arkansas and Missouri, they're spending three or four days running a little Christmas train, you know, a 30-minute train ride or whatever, and then it moves on to the next town, and then at the depot, they've got Santa, and they've got hot chocolate and stuff. Yep. I'm familiar. But this seems like... I don't know that it's the first year that they've done it, but it seems like they have some ideas. There's potential there, yeah. but it just didn't all come together the, the way mesh. it should have. So, like, the, the depot area is very nice, other than it's, you know, it's unseasonably warm. That's not their fault, yeah. you know. Yeah, an but. odd day for, like, let's get in the Christmas spirit, and it's 76 out there. Right, so you got poor Santa, who's in this, like... <laughs> yeah. You know, full-on Santa suit, you know, head to toe, plus I'm sure whatever belly stuffing he's got, too. And then, like, he's out in the middle of the sun in the middle of the day um, in the, well, like you said, 70-something degree heat. And so you get that. And then, like, they did some, you know, Polar Expressy elements, but it was just, it was kind of missing something. And so on our little car, we had uh, 
or whatever you call a stewardess on a train um, or a flight <laughs> flight attendant on a train like a, uh, a land attendant i don't know a, a, i guess no, i don't I was know i say a freight attendant but it's not really whose freight. name was anyway her name was natalia and she was from somewhere eastern european russia somewhere like Fun. her english was just good enough to do her job but not good enough to sing the christmas carol she was in charge of singing <laughs> So she passed out lyrics to them, but still couldn't get any of the titles right. And so like, now we are going to sing the Christmas favorite down the hall. (laughs) Sing it, sing it, little kids. Who's going to start? Well, that sounds fun. And she would like sort of join in um, each song, but she would just pass the mic to at first a kid and then to always a poor dad who didn't want to do it and then so that was fantastic too so that was nice but the air conditioner not working which wouldn't be a problem in normal uh december weather but here too hot uncomfortable with a lot of sunlight coming in Mm. yeah see ours was at night i don't feel at night feels more christmasy to me but yeah but I guess they're cramming in as many as they could there was like a there was a nine o'clock eleven o'clock there every two hours doing another deal and then it wasn't a scenic drive at all. It was just all these like people's backyards of, yeah. you know, small town Arkansas people backyards. <laughs> this one guy. I bet you saw end. some flags. Yeah. Well, that. And then at the turnaround, there was just, just every caricature you would expect to see of this white trash yard, just junk everywhere. Mm-hmm. Three dogs on top of their dog houses, like goats that climb <laughs> oh, on shit. Yep. And then a little dog he had on a leash, and he's in like a wife beater. He, I, I don't think I saw him put his hand in his belly button, but it would fit, <laughs> like if he did, because everything else. Which, Your brain might just, just be staring at this that. train as it's stopped while they're changing, you know, moving from one end to the other so they can drive back where we came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so not the scenery, not quite what it should be. We did some Christmas carols, but that's really about it. There weren't even like Christmas lights on the train itself. It was which a regular it train. Seems like that would be, yeah. Like I mean, they had like little napkins with like snowflakes on them and stuff. Like, but and they passed out like an ornament and they passed out jingle bells and stuff to yeah. do during the carols. Hot chocolate. No, but yeah, I mean, it wouldn't with, be good nowhere in, in the heat. Yeah. I think they had it at the depot. I think once mm. you got off, you could have like gotten some. Gotcha. But they didn't have it on the train itself. All they had on the train itself was like you could buy a bag of chips or a Coke. Um, <laughs> That's not even like, Christmas. <laughs> which was clear that they like just had like a 24 pack of like Cokes that they bought for, you know, $7. And now they're selling for a dollar a piece. So mm-hmm. they're making, you know, some bank on this. But anyway, if you were ever going to like do it again, they're going to have to like step up their game. Like, I don't know. We were trying to we were just talking about this before Jake logged on. My wife and I were talking about this, like what they would have to add, like would they need like i don't know some like christmas trivia to like bounce it up mm. they did that like the conductor came by and like took our ticket and like punched a word message mm-hmm. in there like in polar express um, so this was specifically like polar express themed well they didn't say polar express oh, okay. at any point i'm sure to get away from. i think that's an like, important distinction called, like, holiday train or christmas train i don't remember what the official term sure. was but you know but they punched holes and yeah. they made and the but but they made sure, I guess, not to, or at least on our ticket, I don't know about everyone else's, not to punch the words that he punches in the movie slash book or whatever. Like, because ours just said train. <laughs> like, uh, ours has our son's name punched. I don't, we I don't remember what they did in the movie, but nice. it's it's a name is what they punched out. Thankfully, his is fairly short. It's five letters, uh, you know, rolled up there. Name, I think, believe. Kid named Bartholomew or something would probably take a while. <laughs> 
isn't it believe isn't that what they do in the movie i i watched the movie like once i don't really remember it oh it's not one of your like yearly kelsey likes it i'm not into it it looks weird i think we've talked about this before i hate every movie that looks like that and robert zemeckis as well because he did that (laughs) so you know (laughs) the beowulf and the that and the what's the other one i can't remember Uh, oh the the jim carrey night before christmas Yeah. No, Christmas Carol. That's what I meant. Night, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird. Don't make things that look like that. Go back in time so, 15 years. <laughs> Don't do it. So to zoom out a little bit from Polar Express specifically, each year for Christmas, uh, we, my wife, makes a calendar of all the movies we're going to watch. We stick to it. This is when we watch this one. This is when we watch that one. Yes. Whatever, we watch each of our favorites once per year. Um, and a lot of the movies we're about to talk about today, or some of the movies mm-hmm. we're about to talk about today, make it to that list that we watch every year. Yes. Some of the ones that we're going to talk about today, I've not yeah. seen before. So We have not uh, explicitly stated, but the idea was we wanted to do a, a Christmas episode. Dustin talked before about, like, we need to just do an episode talking about, like, all the Christmas specials, like, specifically the Rankin-Bass ones, you know, the popular ones, the Rudolph, the Santa Claus is coming to town. They're not Disney, but they're very nostalgic, and they're animated and all that. But I was also thinking, like, yeah, but Disney also has some Christmas stuff, because I specifically wanted to talk about, uh, well, we'll get to them later, but you know, we've, we've ranked, we've, so we've come up with three Disney things that we'll get to at the end. Before that, we want to talk about just like Christmas movies. We like Christmas memories, that kind of stuff. And then we'll go into a buttload of Rankin Bass specials because guess what? Uh, they made more than just like the three everybody watches. Right. And if this goes well, we may watch more and do them next year. Who knows? Yeah. Trust me. There's, they get weirder, but Christmas I mean, there's movies, plenty like, of Christmas movies out there to talk about. Like, we could continue right. to add on more and more. We didn't even do Muppet Christmas Carol. That Well, if you'll wait a minute, oh, I'll well. go back to my transition of Christmas movies. Did you have any... <laughs> quit making faces at me. <laughs> Did you have any favorites growing up or or nowadays? Like, what are, what are your go-to Christmas movies? I think growing up, we watched the most of, like, uh, Rudolph and uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol definitely was fantastic, but I remember, you know, being a, a little bit older than you, like watching those other shorts a lot more since they're, you know, older than Muppet Christmas Carol is. Yeah, and we had good old VHSs recorded off a of TV because I don't know that those had home video releases of their own at any point, but they just got shown every year. So, right. In 1988 or whatever, I'm, we recorded it and we got all those commercials in our brain forever. That's what I was about to say. I actually am like nostalgic for those commercials <laughs> that are in uh, those specials as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also remember, you know, The Grinch uh, was one that we liked a lot. And then Home Alone. I wore out Home Alone. Home Alone uh, is the shit. I still love Home Alone. The Grinch, which you just mentioned, was my favorite, which I would watch year round and sometimes three or four times in a row. Like <laughs> I was about to say on a loop, he'd watch it in like June. Mm-hmm. I remember us uh, vaguely trying to start, like, a movie night at some point in the 90s. Like, you know, every Tuesday will be movie night, and we'll all pick a movie, and we'll put it in a bag and draw one out, and we can watch it. And, like, I wrote The Grinch every week, and then we quit doing it. Because <laughs> it's also only, like, yeah, I wonder, 25 minutes long or something. I wonder if they were kayfabing the drawing on that. Do <laughs> Probably. We know? Like, oh, look, Jake didn't win again. <laughs> Whoops. No Grinch. It's bullshit. I want to recount. <laughs> but the Grinch is probably I haven't watched it yet this year, but it's honestly still one of my favorites. Like, uh, and 
contrast that with like every other version of the Grinch, which I don't give a shit about. Uh, but good old '60s Boris Karloff animated one, can't beat it. That's true. I uh, was through the magic of podcasting. We'll cut out this part and mm-hmm. go smoothly into this transition. But I was looking for the clip from last year when we watched the Grinch and Remy not knowing how to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> We're watching. What are we watching? What's it called? Bits. Yep. He nailed it. And he called him that for the whole movie, too. <laughs> That's a green bitch. That's a mean bitch. <laughs> Uh, but he says it correctly now, and it's so that's good, I guess. Although he was kind of scared. They had a thing at the depot today at the uh, holiday train deal that we went to where they had the Grinch locked up in jail or whatever oh, yeah. so he couldn't <laughs> steal Christmas. And uh, Remy did not want to get too close oh, to yeah. the Grinch. Was it just like a cardboard cutout, or was it like a guy in a costume or something? It was like a yard decoration okay, sure. thing, yeah. Um, but he still didn't want to get too close, which I mean, <laughs> probably hurt. The Grinch probably heard what he was saying about him. Like, you can't call another man a green bitch and then you know not be ready to throw hands. Like, yeah, there you go. We got we got some like uh, storybook version of the Grinch that has buttons that you push and it makes you know little sound effects and stuff. And there's one button on there. Jamie's afraid to push. He always makes me push it because it's the Grinch going like, Rrr, and he he always has to cover his ears. <laughs> it's pretty adorable. Uh, but yeah, uh, any any. Any other favorites? Uh, did you I go was back to say back to uh, back to Home Alone? Oh yeah, Home Alone. Uh, a I don't classic. Rem- I don't. Rem- yeah, I don't remember if I went to see it in the th- in the theater or not. But uh, I remember when it came out, like watching it, loving it, taking it to each grandparent's house. Mm-hmm. Not because like I wanted to watch it without them or whatever, but like wanting them to watch it too. Like yeah. you know, you have to watch this, watch this too. And like, I, like there was one weekend where like. I went to our grandmother's and we watched it. And then like our uncle came over and she was like, Dustin, you have to play this again. Play it for him too. And like, I watched it like three <laughs> times in the same weekend. Jeez. He probably really like, liked it. He did, but it was just like, this is a, this is overkill on this movie. How many <laughs> times can you watch the same slapstick stuff? Well, but, if you're a kid forever and home alone, well, like, true. uh, I mean, obviously everything gets, you know, boiled down to the scenes people remember, but home alone is like a whole movie until the slapstick shit starts, you know, you know, the wet bandits show up and actually try to break in the house at like 68 minutes into the movie or something, which I think is what's really like, it's a good movie until all that shit. And then it's remembered for that shit. And that's not helped by the fact that home alone two exists and like, it's decent, but it's just way more slapstick the whole fucking time. And so like, true, but we do add Tim Curry. So yeah, that, that makes a small difference. It's true. And a former president. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I used to work with this woman that would quote Home Alone all year long and like not even just like Christmassy parts like she just randomly because I'm a French teacher telling me like bring me back something French whatever <laughs> which is what the neighbor kid says when they mm-hmm. as they're leaving. But, yeah. Gotcha. Home Alone's great. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol we brought up is probably the best Christmas movie ever in my opinion. Um, <laughs> trying to think. I mean, the- we had a recording of, of uh, Charlie Brown Christmas or one of those. We did. I was going to talk about that because we didn't have the real Charlie Brown Christmas recorded from like the 60s or whatever. We had a 90s one that was called like It's Christmas Time Again, Charlie Brown, which right. uh, I've since, you know, we, that's become part of our Christmas watching each year now because I looked at it was on Daily Motion forever. I think it finally got taken down, but like nothing important happens in it. But I watched it so many times that it's burned into my brain. Like Charlie Brown goes around selling Christmas wreaths and. Uh, they go to see like an orchestra at one point and that's like all I remember, but 
it is worth pointing out that you know we we really didn't watch any old movies like any like christmas classics or whatever yeah well i mean now the movies we just listed would be called classics i guess by people growing up today Mm -hmm. but like we didn't watch you know miracle on 34 no i've still never it's a wonderful life or any of that kind of stuff it's a wonderful life i like a lot well i do too but i mean we didn't watch it when we were young I mean, we watched it in my careers class. There you go. Uh, If you're a fan of the show, we've (laughs) mentioned this a few times where we took this, what should be a helpful class, but even like the thinking behind it is not great because like you do it in eighth grade or we, we took it in like eighth grade, which is too early to really start thinking about like job fields or career fields and like applying for a job and stuff really make more sense to do it later on in high school. And then like. We did like packets every now and then and then would watch a totally unrelated movie like It's a Wonderful Life or A Bug's Life, which we watched, (laughs) and Prince of Egypt and Mm -hmm. just a string of like, what does this have to do with careers? Right. I like It's a Wonderful Life, but as a kid, it it got like some street cred because uh, it was mentioned in the Batman episode Christmas with the Joker because Bruce Wayne's never seen it. And Dick is like, oh, you got to see it. It's a classic and that kind of stuff. So like, even though I didn't know the movie, I knew of it because Batman talked about it. So I was like, well, it must be good. Right. And now Christmas with the Joker is on our list of things we watch each year. Um, There you go. But we actually, I don't know about you, but uh, we have, you know, classics that we'll put on our, our list, you know, that we watch for our Christmas, like Miracle on 34th Street and uh, mm-hmm. It's a Wonderful Life. The Bishop's Wife is an old one that I really like. We That's on our list. I can't remember if we watched it or not. Kelsey has a few she likes. There's one called, uh, oh, what is it called? I, I wish she was in here. There's an old episode of the Andy Griffith Show we watch every year too, which is fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure that's good. There, there's one that I like where like this super rich dude like goes away for uh, like uh, winter vacation or something and his house is abandoned and like this homeless dude starts living in it it's from like the 40s or something and he like starts inviting more and more people who need a home into it and becomes like a big party and then the rich dude comes back and like befriends them all and blends in and mm. I can't remember what the fuck it's called now so nope never heard but of it. it's a decent movie uh, do you watch any of the Bing Crosby ones I have seen White Christmas like once and then was like so this isn't like a movie. It's just like we recorded like a random ass like variety show and just made it an hour and a half long. Like we're just tap dancing for no reason. And like there's a lot of tap dancing. Yeah, that was kind of the thing. Holiday Inn is becomes before it. And it's the better movie, I'd say. It's also where the song White Christmas comes from. But uh, there's a super like dated scene in there where they're all in blackface because it was made in the fucking 40s. And they're like, we need to blend in. And they sing a song about Abraham Lincoln and how great he was to black people. And like, hmm. I'm sure y'all's intentions was good, but like, we can't just be watching blackface at Christmas. Like, this isn't right. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm trying to think if there's any other old ones that we watch. Uh, yeah, my wife is not super into It's a Wonderful Life. It's kind of one we watch like every other year. It doesn't make the yearly rotation schedule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about like the, oh, the best Christmas movie is Die Hard or where you at on that kind of stuff where like Christmas happens, but it's not really the focus. Right. Die Hard and Batman Returns. We also do like Mm -hmm. every other year as like the day after Christmas, usually like Trading Places is a good after Christmas movie. So that could also be cycled in there. um, Also has blackface. So, well, yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it doesn't it has issues uh speaking of 80s movies we we watched scrooged um uh, earlier this I, I watched that once oh, yeah so i want to watch that again Bill i remember like great it. in that one mm-hmm. very quotable 
Yeah. Things like the bitch hit me with a toaster is fantastic <laughs> in in or out of context. Uh, Christmas Vacation, I know you're big on that one. Yeah, we like that one. That's our Christmas Eve movie every year. That's one that, like, it's okay. It's not my favorite. It it still has a few laughs, but I'm not like, oh, man, we got to see this every year. <laughs> I'm going to get a lamp with a leg on it and all that that's kind of a, shit. That's a different movie. You're right. That's Christmas. I hate that <laughs> I, one. Yeah, no. <laughs> Whatever. It could fit in either movie. doesn't but, matter. <laughs> oh, Christmas Vacation is much better than A Christmas Story. Yeah, A Christmas Story sucks ass. Which I don't know. I think one time I tried to watch it all the way through. Maybe I would like it more as an, as an adult than I did when I was in college, but still. Mm, I don't know. What are some like newer ones that we enjoy, like uh, post-2000? Yeah, uh, well, I was going to say a big one was your favorite for years and years yeah love actually that's true um i was thinking a more very like good movie geared towards uh kids but yeah that would be one i don't know any kids christmas movies in the past oh uh, uh klaus klaus we watched klaus, klaus this year Arth- that one's really good Arthur christmas i like that one a lot too that one's okay but klaus is like amazing so well, <laughs> anyone like who hasn't seen klaus on netflix go do that arthur christmas is like kind of funny it's good that's you know that's about as far as i'm willing to go what's another one that may be, oh, I mean, Elf, I guess, is post-2000. That's true. Elf, um, I, I like most of Elf. You know, I I watched it, like, when it came out, and then it was on TV, and I watched it, like, on TV for years and years, and then I somehow didn't see it for, like, a decade, and then I came back to it and was like, oh, yeah, this is funny. Like, yeah. I get why people watch this each year. Yeah, I don't think, like, when it first came out, I don't remember being into it all that much. Like, I remember thinking, like, eh, it was all right, whatever, I don't care if I ever see this again. And then mm-hmm. something where, like... As time has gone by, it's, you know, something I look at a lot more fondly. And now it's, it's usually one of our, like, first ones each year, usually yeah. when it's still, like, November. Um, before. It's grown more obnoxious in terms of, like, its presence in the world, that is I'd true. say. Yeah. No, didn't mean that to be a pun there, presence, but, <laughs> like, the marketing and, like, the uh, memorabilia and all that kind of shit for Elf definitely got stronger in the last decade than in the decade when it came out. But Have you seen I the... The new Grinch, not the Jim Carrey one, although we should also discuss the uh, differences in those two. Yeah. But the new one with, uh, what's his name? Is it is mm-hmm. it Sheldon? No. No, it's Cumberbatch. Oh, yeah, Cumberbatch. That's right. Either way. I We watched it uh, Thanksgiving night at my in-laws, but we played Scattergories throughout it. And I was like, "Should we, I think we should go to the other room to play Scattergories because I won't be able to focus when there's a movie in the background. And then... We didn't do that, and then I did not have a problem focusing because the movie was not drawing my attention <laughs> no, it was at not all. Good. Like, so we turned it on. But Jamie and I was liked like, it. Oh yeah, he he's going to end up with that girl in the end. And then I fell asleep, and then I woke up, <laughs> and then they did, and the, and the credits were rolling. <laughs> so it was like <laughs> another throwback um, to uh, not Sword in the Stone, Black Cauldron. When we watched it the first time, we're like, I didn't watch it the first time. I slept through it, but had to pretend <laughs> like I watched it when. When you were talking about it, like, oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I watched it. Which now, I really, you know, enjoyed it. I would go back and watch it again, which I think I say yeah. in almost every episode. <laughs> we've Perhaps. Done. And I have not watched it again in any of that time. Jim Carrey Grinch is like, it's okay. A lot of the movie is just weird, like, flashbacks to when they were kids. And, like, here's this sad, weird, green, furry kid, like, wearing an uncomfortable-looking costume. Right, just crying is... and making in like a weird baby voice and like none of that part of the movie is fun and like why is the one who lady like meant to be so sexy like that's not fun that's why she's got a weird who face that i'm not into this <laughs> and why are you sexying up this kid's movie and i remember we watched it in 
I want to say like sixth or seventh grade at Christmas time. This was in back in the good old days when I'm sure this isn't the case now, but there were giant uh, CRT televisions in the top corner of everyone's room. And like there was like oh, a master at, at TV. School. I thought you were talking about at home. Yeah. In everyone's classroom. Yeah. yeah. Where you could watch Channel One News and all that kind of shit. Uh, and a lot of 9-11 coverage because that's when that happened. Shout out to Lisa Ling. She could still get it, by the way. I'm going to adjust that so we say each of our points there separately. Because <laughs> they're both very, very salient and important to... Did I say that right? Salient? Sal- salient. Salient? Salient? I, I don't even know the word. Salient. Anyway, so they had like... Salty. 9-11. So they had like a master tape that they put in, I guess, in the office somewhere, and it played on all the TVs. And anytime there was like a makeout scene or the scene where the Grinch spins Max's butt around and makes uh, Jeffrey Tambor give uh, the dog a rim job, uh, that scene they like would fast forward through so the kids watching in all the rooms wouldn't see it, wouldn't see all the naughty stuff. So that's fun. That's my memory of Jim Carrey Grinch. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Yeah, I. it's wild to me, like, you know, as a teacher, the you know, I talk to my students sometimes about the, like, Christmas movies that they like, and, like, they, the Grinch to them is the Jim Carrey Grinch, Ew. and, like, there's, like, yeah, they'll be like, oh, there's, like, that old, like, cartoon one, it's all right, I guess, but, like, the the Grinch is the Jim Carrey one, and that's just sad to me. Upsetting. Yeah. Well, in addition to all those that we've previously mentioned, there were several uh, television specials that came out year after year throughout the 60s and 70s, and I think into the 80s by a company called Rankin Bass Entertainment or something, Industries, some kind of shit. Some dude named Rankin and some dude named Bass had a uh, animation company, and they made a whole bunch of specials, and you remember the good ones, and then they had a whole bunch more, and then they also did, like, The Hobbit, and that was awesome. <laughs> and... The most famous of which, uh, I think we should probably start with like the beginning, because we watched a lot of these. Uh, I think the first one was Frosty, which is, unlike the rest of them, is just an animated cartoon. Happy birthday! Mm-hmm. Frosty, I feel like, is the weakest of the big three, because like, I'm watching it again, there's a, not a whole lot that happens. It's fucking, it's memorable because of the professor villain, whoever the fuck he's supposed to be, the magician. I don't even remember his name. Think nasty. Think nasty. But he's fun, and I'm I'm generous with Frosty because, one, they made Frosty Returns like three decades later, and it's such fucking garbage that Frosty looks good by comparison. And two... You will not slander the name of John Goodman. He uh, is not one to pass on a good-paying job, no matter how shitty it is, so... That's fair. But, uh, and two... Uh, I'm lenient on it because I feel like they have the least amount of work with a least amount to work with with the source material like the song Frosty the Snowman. There's not a lot going on other than here's a holly jolly (laughs) snowman and he walked up to a traffic stop and you know didn't stop when the cop whistled at him or whatever. That's like the only event that happens in the song. So I can understand where they had to come up with some shit. So instead, you get a magician. Well, you know, you need a silk hat and you need a button a nose. eyes made out of yeah. coal. Yeah. All the lyrics are just descriptions. There's a lot of like prop needs. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he puts on a hat and he talks. Thumpity thump thump. And he talks like this and he says, Happy birthday. And there's some kids that you don't care about. And yeah. There's a rabbit that makes these weird noises mm-hmm. the whole time. They're not rabbit noises. No. I don't know what they're supposed to be. I also never know what's going on in the opening 10 minutes of Frosty the Snowman because that was cut off of the tape we had as a kid. 
like we were late hitting record. That's right, because every year I do watch it on the DVD, like, and I watch the first ten minutes, like I don't even know this part. Is this What's like, even happening? Like extended Lord of the Rings here? Like, <laughs> what is happening? Like, this nah. is wild. No, nah, we just missed that. Same thing with like, uh, we had Wizard of Oz recorded that way too, and like we missed like the first ten oh, minutes yeah. or so of that too. So, yeah, I used to watch that a lot too. That's a, I mean, it's a great movie. Like, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of there. It doesn't seem that interesting for kids, but I don't know. No. We left out Santa Claus when we were talking oh, about Tim Allen? big 90s Christmas movies. That yeah. was big. I have seen the first one. I don't think I've seen any of the others. And the first one, I am indifferent on. <laughs> like, yeah. it has a couple of laughs, and I do not feel like I have to see it every year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like the... This the the non North Pole parts of it, like mm. where he's like a single dad learning how to be a single dad or whatever, and his kid doesn't want to be there with him or whatever. Um, it's it's very nineties in like sort of like in a Mrs. Doubtfire way, where it's like the parents are not going to get back together in the end of this. It's yeah. okay that they're divorced or whatever, which is not something you would have done in the eighties or any time previous to that. Like true, they're gonna they're divorced at the beginning. They're gonna stay divorced at the end. Like that's not going away. Um, so like, I like those parts of it or whatever, but, um, yeah. And the North Pole parts I could see, like if you were a kid where you would think this is cool or whatever. Right. You get to see Santa Claus fucking die. That's fun. Okay. Maybe not all <laughs> of it would be fun. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't, I, mostly anytime I think of that movie, I just think of the scene where he's wearing like a gray sweatsuit and he's ordering a bunch of food at the business meeting or whatever. And like, that's, there's like 85 other minutes to that movie, but that's all I picture. Yeah, but you know who else is in it? Frank Barone. It's true. Peter Boyle. <laughs> yes, I know, but... Known for more than just that role. Well, sure, but we love... Everybody loves Raymond, like... Again. That's our get down. <laughs> yeah. Love is a very strong word. Well, I love it. You continue to watch it. I saw every episode in a marathon between ages 14 and 17. Well, I unironically still love Everybody Loves Raymond and quote it Man. incessantly. That was my mine and dad's like, gee, we're the only ones left in the house TV show after the divorce. Right, but I was only there for Happy parts memories of, for everyone. <laughs> I was only there for parts of that, so I'm still di- discovering like new episodes of Raymond or ones I've only seen a couple times instead of three million times. So. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah. Frosty, like, we watched it, I think I wrote down one note, which was, like, Frosty equals uh, Theseus's ship, because, like, he totally melts, and they're like, oh, no, he's dead, and Santa's like, he's not dead, because he's made out of Christmas snow, so we just gotta (laughs) build him back up from different parts, and put the hat back on him, and he'll be the same guy, and that's a really weird, like, identity crisis for a kid's movie, like, (laughs) what is existence, what is the identity, what is Frosty? But he'll be just back put a hat on anything on Christmas Day. I guess so. And the professor learns to be a good guy too at the end. Like, yeah, because he won't get any Christmas presents. Yeah, they do otherwise. the ultra happy ending. That's true. And the kid doesn't freeze uh, in the refrigerated box car, or which something. is good because either this, like, uh, at least with Polar Express, it's explained that it's a magic train that they're on. And so, yeah. like, it makes sense that it gets to the North Pole as quickly as it does. But, like, she and Frosty, as far as we know, are just on a regular dinky little train with a caboose on it and everything. Like, mm-hmm. but somehow it just zooms up to the North Pole in one evening, you know. From It doesn't make it there, though. They they try to get on, they try to buy tickets to the North Pole, and the guy is like, the North Pole? No, that's 
we don't have any trains for there or something or I don't know. Well, no true. tickets and slams the door and then they just get on a train going north, I think. But he goes far enough north or whatever that she has to find the, the hothouse to go into. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. It was a cold day. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, so Frosty, not great, but better than some of the shit that's out there. I think the best one is probably Rudolph in terms of overall goodness. I, that's my favorites. I think I would have said Santa Claus is coming to town, but I think the last time that I've watched them, I think, yeah, it, Rudolph is probably best top to bottom, where Santa does kind of dip a little bit in the middle. It does a lot. We'll get to Santa in a minute, but Rudolph, I think, holds up the best, like, one uh, fun story, good song, gives you a story to work with. Two, it deals with, like, being ostracized for being different. Uh, I'd like to be a dentist. I was thinking Rudolph himself, but also, yes, uh... Is it Hermie? That's his name. It's a weird name. Yeah, I almost called him Hermes, but no. Yeah, it's not a her. Maybe Hermie, like maybe like Hervey instead of Harvey. Something weird. You get the head elf being like, "Why aren't you an elf right. practice?" Everyone is so loud in that movie. It's like, true. The head elf is loud, and then Yukon is loud, and you mm-hmm. eat what you eat. <laughs> It's a fun movie, and, like, you can totally... I don't know what the animators in the fucking late 60s were trying to do, but, like, you can totally draw analogies of, like, oh, they're ostracizing these two because they're the gay couple or whatever. He doesn't want to do the big manly job he's supposed to do. He wants to go do his own thing and be independent and all that, and, you know. I'm sure there's total, like, think piece essays you can read into that about... But even if it's not specifically that, like, I'm sure anyone who's been ostracized can, you know, relate to that film. And their parents expecting them to look and act a certain way or whatever when people are watching. Mm -hmm. There's also some uncomfortable stuff where, like, is it Donner is Rudolph's dad or something? And he's like, you know, uh, I don't know. He's kind of like sexist towards the Rudolph's mom at times. And he's like, no, you women stay here. Like, y'all can't go out and do anything. This is a man's job and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, it was also, like, made in the 60s. Like, that would have also just been the, like... It is. ...viewpoint of the day, more than, like, right. we're painting this guy as a chauvinist. Right. It's just, like, there there are some, like, it you know, tough spots in old media. Things that don't hold up real well. True. But there's also, like, I never questioned this growing up, but, like, when they get to the Island of Misfit Toys, which is also a fun part of like, oh, no one wanted to play with these toys. Like, kids, shouldn't you play with all your toys? Imagine if your toys were lonely. Like, sort of things that, like, you know, decades later, a franchise like Toy Story digs into those feelings for, you know, kids and adults. But, like, fucking, we go to this island in the middle of nowhere. It's only inhabited by toys, but also there's a king who is a fucking chimera for some reason <laughs> and is named king moon racer yeah how how is he an outcast like he's why, who wouldn't want that he's toy? the king of the outcast is he a toy i thought he was just like oh by the way here's god except god was designed by a D nerd so he's what? just somebody's persona over here well, right but he's not a misfit like he's awesome like he's not the you know train with square wheels and the right water gun that shoots jelly or whatever like which, I mean, in theory, it could shoot whatever you filled it with, right? Like, I'd I don't say wanna, so. Like, I know it's a kid's, <laughs> well, kids show. Jack in like, the Box is named Charlie, so, like, right. what? It's, what, it's still the wants same to toy. Play with a Charlie in the box. But, like, I don't know. What fucking, why is there a lion wearing a crown that's so, that, like, scours the earth every night? Every night, by the way, looking for toys, which means he works 365 <laughs> times harder than fucking Santa Claus. 
to go find toys to bring back to his island at where he rules over fucking nobody because there's no actual people there. I don't know. It's just like suddenly a different movie for 10 seconds. And then we go back to, oh, yeah, Rudolph's got to find his way home. Right. Then there's a bumble out there after yep. them and Yukon's good, good looking scary for villain. gold and silver. Great music. Uh, yeah, I like the narrator. Yeah. Yeah, Burl Ives, who I know that name. I literally only know him from Rudolph, but I'm assuming he was a celebrity of some sort. Yep, and then the elves sing and stuff while they're working, and then, we mm-hmm. are Santa's elves, you can fuck yourselves. <laughs> Those. Is that not, that's not how it goes? Not, I, you know, I never paid that much attention. You know, VH, Maybe it is. VHS quality sound, there's no telling what they were saying. There you go. But that's another thing is like the Rankin Bass songs I've discovered after watching a bunch of these are there's no middle ground. They are all super catchy, earwormy, or they are absolute dog shit. Like <laughs> digging. Yeah, there's, for every one foot in front of the other, there's, you know, some, do- yeah, like you said, dog shit. But fucking like Rudolph is all bangers. Like, well, no, that's not true. I think like doesn't the doe i can't remember her name girl rudolph there's always yes tomorrow. that song fucking sucks but there's i have not sil- watched the movie this year i'm just going off you know 35 years of watching this movie silver and gold is great there's jingle 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 like by the way we're gonna be doing a lot of singing in this episode um they're all catchy as fuck and like speaking of which we mentioned the hobbit earlier the hobbit and return of the king that rankin bass also did uh you know your mileage may vary with how good those movies are, but the songs are fucking great. You know, down, down to Goblin Town is my jam. Right. They try to include the, the Tolkien mm-hmm. uh, poems in a way and songs in a way that, you know, the Peter Jackson films did not at all. They, they did slightly in the first Hobbit movie, the extended first Hobbit movie. I think they would have in the rest of them. Have you seen, I've been, I followed this Twitter uh, thread for a long time about how it was, I guess when they were talking about, uh, the the cut the director's cut of uh justice league mm-hmm. and why there really needed to be one of hobbit where even though those movies are absurdly long like yeah, now we of, need to like, make cuts to them and make one right. movie well, the idea of like the beginning of the first hobbit movie and the rest of the franchise are not the same like you can almost mm-hmm. see where the studio like said nope we're taking over yeah like but the songs in that first movie are actually fun and mm-hmm. You know, the franchise got worse as more movies got released. Uh, what's his name from that 70s show? Uh, Topher Grace is a big film editor guy, like as a hobby, I think. And he apparently has like a cut of those movies that he made himself that can't be released anywhere because he doesn't own it or whatever. But that's like a project of his and he like shows it to people as a thing. I don't know. <laughs> so we should befriend fucking Eric Foreman and we could go watch a better version of those movies. Well, how about that? Mm hmm. Uh, but yeah, Rudolph, I think Rudolph, I think is the, the biggest hitter of the bunch. Santa Claus is coming to town. I was a big fan of growing up, but, uh, it like has some issues. Um, I mean, I really like it. It, There are parts of it that don't make any damn sense. Sure. Like, I mean, just the winter warlock in general, like he's (laughs) this big dickhead for the first 10 minutes and then he gets a toy. He's like, Oh, I, I, my heart is melting. And then he does nothing cool. The rest of the movie. Right, but then his powers only come from being a dick. I kind of like that part. Where like, <laughs> He's just, I have like, no more powers anymore. I'm Right, I'm used to pro wrestling, though. So it's like, oh, <laughs> I'm a bad guy, and I can just stomp every good guy around. Oh, I'm a good guy now, and mm-hmm. now I'm weak and get beaten up all the time. Yeah, like, that's true. He's definitely that. Like, 
And then there's like the bad guys being German for no reason is like no one else in the movie is German, but the Burgermeister Meister Burger and all his fucking Nazi soldiers. Like that's a very pro wrestling <laughs> move too, of just like, hey, you know that war we won 20 years ago? Like let's make them the bad guys of this movie. Well, I mean, Chris Kringle. It's a German, claws, right? Claws, it's yeah. a German story, but like the other people in the town don't have accents. But the fucking you know leader is like, oh, I yo yo, <laughs> somber town. I believe is the mm-hmm. town you're referring to. Yeah, because subtle, right? But the movie, I, I don't know. It's just we had to make up some shit for Santa Claus to do. Like a Santa Claus origin story is fun, and you got Mickey Rooney, uh, you know, pretty memorable performance from him. But, like, half of the movie is him, like, you know, actually bringing toys to this town and meeting, you know, Mrs. Claus named Jessica because we had to give her a very modern, like, name for some reason. (laughs) But, yeah, the the biggest issue I have with the movie is it, like, it kind of has no ending. Like, he gets locked in jail. It gets broken out of jail via fucking MacGuffin where the Winter Warlock (laughs) is like, I've got some magic feed corn to make reindeer fly. That wouldn't be useful at all. But good news, there's no roof on this fucking jail. <laughs> and then you've got the scene, the song where Jessica like has to sing like a fucking "I'm going out on my own and I'm gonna be my own person and go against the rules of Sombertown." And it's a weird Technicolor like yeah, it's filled dream with like acid trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember how the song goes because I had so many things to say about its lyrics and my brain's quitting on me. Yeah, I don't know because that was definitely like a fast forward moment. But that's that also is like sometimes these these songs are either great or terrible because there's also the like if you sit on my lap today a kiss a, a kiss toy. of toys yeah, yeah. I'm gonna are go we kiss cool all with these those children. lyrics still yeah I'm, I'm definitely in a post COVID world are we sure, still cool yeah. with that yeah I'm not really into that don't go around kissing strange kids even without a pandemic or like telling them they can only have a toy if they kiss you right like, all all kids out there don't go along with that. No, 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 no. My world is beginning today. Is how that That's fucking the one song goes. The, yeah. Which her world is beginning because she met a man. <laughs> like, that's all there is to it. <laughs> I'm going to stop teaching these children and instead go be an outlaw. He is different from every other man in town, though. Like, yeah, he's, he's got red somber. hair. He's got bright. He does have red hair. He's, you know, chipper. <laughs> he is. Loves kids. But the rest of the songs in that movie are great. You know, the first toy makers to the king and put one foot in front of your other is a fucking jam. There's a penguin going honk honk for no reason. I'll call you Topper. <laughs> but then, like, we break out of jail and then they're just like, yeah, the, the Burgermeister Meister Burgers, they just kind of fell out of power. Like, we don't see them disappear. We don't see what the end of their reign looks like. It's just, yeah, the bad guys went away and Santa walked to the North Pole and lived up there and stopped working so much. Instead, just came once a year instead of all the time. Yeah, and we're kind of uneven with every now and then at the beginning and the end of the movie, we have little kids like uh, asking questions to our our narrator, Special Delivery, whatever his name is. Mm -hmm. Um, What is his name? Do you know? Special Delivery something. Oh, I have no idea. Mailman guy. Oh, he says at the beginning, like, SD something stands for special delivery. I don't know. But either way, they break in every so often to discuss, yeah. you know, Santa oh, trivia and history. Oh, that's why he goes down the chimneys. Exactly. Kind of yeah. 
which I kind of like it. A movie explains who Santa is and why he's the way he is and all that kind of stuff. Um, even though it's not in any way a story you would would have predicted. Like. Right. Well, there's also like the only useful thing the Winter Warlock does is show uh, is show Santa how to make that little like magic ball of snow to like look through and spy on Jessica. Which, first of all, there's no. I mean, Santa's always watching, I guess, but there's no non pervy reason for him to have that ability. Like, that's just for <laughs> if you've got the special magic seeing eyeball that can see everyone, then that's just creepy. <laughs> Uh, I guess, but as as our show has become more and more of a parenting podcast as well, <laughs> like, it is fantastic for manipulation, though, to say, like, all the time, I'm like, well, I mean, you want to be on the true. naughty list, and that package <laughs> needs to be brought in off the porch, I don't know, or you want to be on the nice list, and that package <laughs> wants to be brought in off the porch. Like, you gotta eat two more bites of that chicken strip, or I am calling Santa Claus right now. <laughs> right. Oh, I mean... We gave up on that. That's what I was saying earlier when you couldn't hear me and you left the room. Like, mm-hmm. I was amazed by, like, there still being fries left. Like, because oh, yeah. Remy gets very limited opportunity. Oh, you don't want those fries? And they're gone. Like, we <laughs> he's, don't, he's, they don't just sit around. Like, spoilers, we had fast food for lunch today as well as dinner. And, like, Jamie ate a couple nuggets and then went to go lay down. And, like, as... I had just closed the door and was up doing stuff. I heard him call from his room like, Dad, don't eat my lunch. It's <laughs> like, okay, you know me. You got me figured out. Uh, speaking of fast food. Talking snack. Yeah, yeah. Multiple times per day. Yesterday, mm-hmm. I had Wendy's breakfast. Fantastic. Good experience. Good uh, added a frosty chino, which is lovely as well. Because um, this one was not as lovely because it was a lot of coffee and not as much ice cream, which is not how I like it. And that don't hit. No. Um, anyway, but overall, it was still good. Got the breakfast baconator. But then lunch, Slim Chickens, fantastic. Got the uh, the mac and cheese bowl. So you got uh, your chicken strips cut up in there with the mac and cheese. Ooh, and, didn't yeah. know they did that. That's Some a more, local like, chain, everybody. Yeah, Slim If you ever come to fantastic. Arkansas, try to find a Slim Chickens. They're good. I think they're spreading into the surrounding states, but you're right. They Perhaps. are... Um, the southeast (laughs) right yeah um and then after my long ass day of of supervising and everything else i uh decided well you know i've got all these reward points built up at the mcdonald's i'll get a free happy meal and then a four for four and like i'll eat all those fries i'll eat all those nuggets i'll eat the burger it'll be fantastic so i get to the mcdonald's the line is you know all the way around the building i'm like I'll just go in. I'm already dressed this time. Usually I'm not when I go through the drive-thru, but since I've been working all day, I'll just I'll just go on in. This this will go nice and smooth. Uh-uh. There was a uh, Bite Squad woman work, you know, waiting. She said she'd been waiting for over 20 minutes, and I was like, ah, she's exaggerating. But she was not exaggerating, because oh, it was... It was 6.20 when I went in, and it was 6.55 when I finally got my food. Mm. And it was just like, oh my god. Like, how how was it this bad and like i don't know something happened in the back well they didn't have enough people working and then something happened where they were just out of fries but they just kept taking more orders and so like their screen is just going crazy but they can't nothing is happening and uh i don't know why they kept taking more orders i can't explain that part but it was it was wild Jeez, can't catch a break with that place no but you know my triple fast food day was fantastic didn't you say you started going to the one that's 10 minutes further away and found out that there's a price discrepancy between right, the two? Right, yeah, it's 20 cents more per breakfast combo at the one that's not in my hometown. <laughs> Plus the difference in gas. 
Right, that too. And time, since I'm getting it and going back home and eating <laughs> it and then going to work. Hey, you might still come out on top in time. Well, that's true. But that's our, our Friday tradition. But after Santa Claus learns about the orb <laughs> Sorry. to look through, after he ponders his orb to see uh, you his know, palantir, what the kids are doing, he then meets up with Jessica and without any context says the sentence, my friend the warlock taught me this. <laughs> <laughs> like talk about shooting your shot like he doesn't even like warm up for that sentence just like this is me this is what i'm about so get on board <laughs> if but you want this relationship to work out that's not a red flag or anything <laughs> he's innocent he's naive he doesn't know like he's just you know he thinks this is normal he grew up in a house full of these little elf people the clauses you know she doesn't seem dis- dismayed or dissuaded or whichever one i'm trying to say by i messed it up he grew up with the kringle family they tell him later on his name is claus right because there's dingle kringle and (laughs) pringle kringle and whatever their names are a baby baby dingle you're right yeah seen that movie too many times anyway just tanta kringle which just means aunt kringle so i don't is she their mother like how is she that's a good question uh, I don't know. And the movie just goes on and on, and they just go to the North Pole, and it ends. Like, it. Then he's randomly old at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that they both just kind of get fat as they get older, and it's not even a plot point. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, that's just. That's realistic. That's life goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Well, our hair's white, and we're way fatter than we used to be. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, but in addition to those, uh, there's a few that, like,. I don't know. I feel like sometimes get some play. There's loads that are just never mentioned. There's one I didn't go back and watch it. There's one I fucking watched uh, with my wife one year called like the life and adventures of Santa Claus. And it's like the last one that they made and came out in, I think like the eighties. And it's like, there's this council of like Supreme beings that are like talking about if they should induct Santa Claus into like, I don't know, their heavenly council or whatever, make him immortal or some shit. And then it's a weird story about like fairies. And I can't remember any of it at this point. Whenever I first watched it, I try, I remember texting you like a plot summary of it. And I tried to scroll back through two years of text to find it. And then my phone crashed. And yeah, I mean, there is a search feature, but still like, I don't think that would have worked or I'm not sure it exists on my phone because it's old. I don't know. Oh, I thought you meant like, was this like a flip phone situation or this was like no, your current it's, phone? It's my iMessage. Yeah. Like you just, when you have your messages pulled up, like you can just search in the top, right? Like I can search for like, I don't know. I search for the word saw and it found three messages where I used the word saw. Like, ah, now I have mine set to like every 30 days they delete, but... I don't, so I have all the texts. I didn't know I could just do that. That was way easier. Every text that's ever been sent? Pretty much. You want to know what we were talking about in November of 2019? Uh, okay. Uh, heel Finn Balor. (laughs) You hate Mauro Ronaldo. Mm Mm-hmm. Is there an Asian wrestler besides Jimmy Wang Yang who wears normal clothes? (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> I like that Jimmy Wang Yang counts as normal clothes for us just because of that's where we grew up. I put uh, Jimmy Wang Yang on a on a quiz I gave the kids this year too because we read a, a graphic novel called American Born Chinese and I named I asked them which of these is not oh. an actual character in this story. Nice. <laughs> and I named one of them Jimmy Wang Yang and uh yeah, about, you know, a third surely of the no class one caught it. that cuz they were all zero when that happened, yeah. I'm sure. 
oh yeah and why would they have been watching smackdown in in oh four or not even oh four like oh six okay i've now found i've not read these since i sent them in 2019 (laughs) forget everything i said about this christmas special we're gonna read this together okay november 24th 2019 Okay. We're watching the weirdest goddamn claymation Christmas special in existence. The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. You said, not familiar with it. Shit's basically Santa Claus in Middle Earth. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I have no idea. There's a bunch of gods called the Immortals who find Santa abandoned as a baby, and then he's basically Mowgli, and he's raised by animals, and he moves into the North Pole with his pet lion, and then I quit paying attention, and a bunch of orcs showed up and started (laughs) fighting the head Immortal, who's just Gandalf with antlers. (laughs) (laughs) And you said, wow, that's very involved. I said, apparently it's the last Christmas special Rankin Bass did. (laughs) And then, uh, this won't play for the audience, but I sent... A picture of Gandalf with antlers. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah that's hard. That's hard something. to see the antlers, I guess. But but yeah, so that's a goofy one. I watched another one called Jack Frost. Uh, this is but my not first time. not Michael Keaton Jack Frost, no, right? Because I downloaded this at some point uh, legally internet. And, and there's also like a horror movie Jack Frost too, right? Yes, there's like several Jack Frosts. If, if you search for Jack Frost on IMDb, it's not even in the top three that come up, (laughs) but it's a Rankin Bass Jack Frost from like 1973 or something. And like no part of it makes any sense. It's not a Christmas movie. It's a groundhog day movie (laughs) (laughs) because our, our host is a groundhog who's, you know, waiting to come out and he's going to get interviewed by all these people. And then, you know, they're going to wait to see if he sees a shadow or something. Uh, And also (laughs) this is a fun side note. I could not remember, uh, what he was because i'm stupid and i was trying to talk and i went like as i was saying a sentence i got to where i was gonna say what animal he was and my brain was gonna say like beaver and my brain went no don't say beaver that's wrong and it went with the next thing in line which was also not right but i didn't want to run out of time so i said yeah he's you know this woodchuck over here and i'm like no it's not called Woodchuck's Day. It's called Groundhog's Day. That's the whole fucking thing. Okay, so so the reason you make a TV special is because you think it'll get played on TV, right? So like a Christmas special, we're going to need Christmas programming at Christmas, you know? True. Uh, I could see a Thanksgiving special, Halloween, okay, Valentine's. Uh, there's no Groundhog programming that we do for this other than like when they break in. I and assume show, the Bill Murray movie what's his is what name? we would actually yeah, show. Pox- Poxitani Phil or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the music's terrible. Uh, the 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 wood. I almost called him a woodchuck again. The groundhog is not uh, actually what the story is about. He's just our host. He's the mailman guy, basically, in Santa Claus is Coming to Town, and he is telling the story of Jack Frost, who lives up in the sky and comes down to create snow and shit. But people can't see him, and he wants to be a real boy, basically. But also, we'd say, like, he doesn't actually create the snow, because I guess he's Jesus, because there's also God, who does all the actual work. And he's a big guy that lives in the clouds, and he makes all the decisions, so Jack Frost has to go ask him for shit. Uh, And eventually, he does go down to Earth, and, like, everyone on Earth is, like just doing the worst like Yiddish impression they can because <laughs> I don't know where this story takes place but hmm. our villain our villain is just the Burger Meister Meister Burger except he's Russian instead of German and is called hmm. Kub- Kubla Kraus I think is his name and he's just like whoa 
I'm coming to take all your money. Except he's wearing like a fez and has a robot bear. No, a robot moose. Something like some sort of robotic creature that he rides. I mean, a bear would make sense with it being Russia, but You'd I don't think know. so. Uh, and you know, there's these poor Jewish farmers that have no money and they, this one guy's holding like one little coin. He's like, I got us one Kaputnik. And his wife's like, one Kaputnik. What is that going to do? You shouldn't even keep that. You know, Kubla Krauts is just going to take it from us. And then he does. But then this society, like they love winter time because at winter they, there's giant icicles and then the icicles they cut those up into coins and they use the coins for money so they have money in the winter time but not in the summertime when they could just in theory make up a different <laughs> currency but no we can only use ice coins so when jack frost comes <laughs> okay. down and makes everything winter they like him uh so a bunch of shit goes on and then at this point i just wrote a paragraph to explain it but jack frost turns into a real boy and comes down and he's supposed to do some he's supposed to get four basic human essentials which are a house a horse a big bag of gold and a wife so like millennials could not do any of this shit it's <laughs> <laughs> a good point you know sign of the times uh and then i wrote what in the flying fuck is this movie Villain has robots. Jamie Lannister is here. We love winter because we can use ice as currency, but when the ice is gone, we go back to being dirt poor because we couldn't just make up another currency in the off-season, I guess. Despite that, halfway through, we sing a song about uh, just what I always wanted, where we all give each other pretend presents, which are boxes with nothing in them. We couldn't just use our ice money to buy presents at that point, I guess. And also, everybody wants to fuck the blonde. <laughs> bad guy sends robot knights to destroy whole town despite the fact that he owns the whole town oh right and our host is a groundhog so also like there's gift giving like mm -hmm. the, the, the traditional groundhog day <laughs> gift giving. yeah i don't know about that maybe it does take the groundhog is the host but maybe christmas is a plot point i can't really remember that would make, I, I don't i don't think i've ever given you a good <laughs> groundhog gift before no. like i don't even think like in school game. we ever did anything for that I mean, we, like, voted. Who do you think he's going to see his shadow right. or not? That's as much as we did. Anyway, so check out Jack Frost if you want. I think I went to go poop and didn't see the ending, so <laughs> it's probably a great movie. Some of these Rankin-Bass movies ended up getting sequels, and that's how we ended up with The Year Without Santa, which is sort of a continuation of uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. We bring back Mickey Rooney to play Santa again. Uh, we're kind of just picking up where that left off, I suppose. Similar Batman connection, like, well, It's a Wonderful Life. I only know this movie because of the scene in Batman and Robin where Mr. Freeze is fucking making his little ice minions sing it. The, you know, I'm Mr. White Christmas. You'd be better off just YouTubing that song and not watching the special. Or the scene where Arnold Schwarzenegger is conducting people while that, that song's too. playing. The song is fantastic, but... The movie is 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 all kinds of screwed up, and it just seemed like the first time that I watched it, I thought we were going to go in different plot thirty directions. different it directions. Like we, right, we set them up, and it's like we take like a step that way, and then go no, let's go this way. Like I saw, it was almost I don't I don't know if they passed it off from writer to writer, <laughs> or if like they in a way that no movie it. is ever made. Like yeah. you write one God. scene, then you write the next, <laughs> like we're telling a campfire story. <laughs> <laughs> kind of or like 
they needed to get so far and they had to meet a deadline so like they stayed up late one night and got to this point in the story and then didn't touch it for a few weeks <laughs> and then like the next deadline came up and then so it's late at night uh what happens next uh then we do this and go in a totally different direction because mm-hmm. they don't remember what they were thinking of a month ago when they did the first part of the story i don't know but i do know this this is about to be great because jake did not watch the whole thing yeah. on uh i watched like the first 20 Santa. minutes so that means I have to explain it to him, and it's difficult to explain with actual notes, <laughs> but if you're a fan of the show, we just have my notes, well, and you want to guess how they start? Uh-huh. You're without Santa, Dr. Prick. <laughs> what? Is that the guy's name? Well, no, but There's he a is a prick, because oh. Santa is, you know, all fucked up, is basically the plot of this one. Santa's really sick and sore and shit, and so yeah. a doctor comes to see him, and he's like, I hate the North Pole, Christmas sucks, whatever. It's like, what the fuck? Why are you, Why are you the only doctor that would come <clears throat> help Santa, of all people? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's well, like a national security concerns, we don't want any other doctor <laughs> helping Santa, maybe. this is the one guy appointed to do it, or what? But Well, and like the concept of, oh, Santa needs a year off is ridiculous when fat ass works one night out of a year, like, oh, I just can't do it this year, I need to stay in right. bed. So he's going to take the year off, and uh, Mrs. Claus thinks he's being a little ridiculous, it seems like, but she kind of just goes along with it and then does this whole song about how she could be Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. So you think, okay, that's where the movie's headed. Like, she's going to try to learn to be Santa and this, which she's going to have to figure it out. And she seems way into it. She's like, oh, I've thought about this before and sings her song like, I'm putting on my husband's pants. Like, <laughs> she's very excited to be Santa Claus. And the song is like, you know, anyone can be Santa Claus, which is also like, why the fuck did I marry this guy? <laughs> like, He's, we need to normalize that shit. Like, <laughs> girls just be wearing their, their guys' clothes. Like, that's a normal thing. But there's no, like, if you put on your <laughs> your your girl's clothes, then, like, I mean, that, that doesn't go over as well. I wear Kelsey's you know? hoodies like, a lot. <laughs> so, suddenly you're a freak in the women's underpants. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, yep. Bring it back. Normalize, normalize everything. It. Anyway, she sings this song and seems like she's going to do it and then just kind of goes, nah. Well, uh-uh. she, <clears throat> she, like, I don't know. She dictates, like... Two other doofuses should do it with this, uh, with, I guess, this underage uh, reindeer, because Santa finds out, like, oh, no, uh, you know, they're sending Vixen. We can't send Vixen out there, that poor young thing. It's like, someone's going to fuck that reindeer. We got to get her (laughs) back here out in the big scary world. So she doesn't become Santa, and instead she sends Jingle and Jangle to go find Christmas spirit. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh but Santa, like you were saying, gets worried and decides to get up and go anyway, rendering this whole thing fucking pointless. Right, because she does this whole thing and says, like, oh, this will be great. We'll bring back Christmas spirit. And then Santa goes, but woman, what are you doing? You sent them right after the Miser Brothers. And she's like, oh, I forgot about the Miser Brothers. It's like, because I'm an empty-headed woman and I didn't plan any of this through, seems to be the way it's portrayed, like oh, a woman had an idea, and now I gotta go fix it, is definitely the right, way it comes off. But, Santa's gonna take a, a day off, but ends up getting up anyway, mm-hmm. and then she, Mrs. Claus, takes off too, right? They end up all all going in different directions. I don't I'm remember, I didn't sure. see the end of the movie. <laughs> I think she takes off before Santa does. Like, I don't know. I think she goes after them, and goes and deals with the misers, and then, because they make it past the misers, I'm relatively, I don't remember. Uh, let's just see what it says. While you're doing that, uh, 
the the main concept of this movie also which comes up in a lot of these christmas specials is like the idea that no one cares about christmas anymore which is like just laughable in our american consumerist society that's all about get out and buy shit and we're gonna play christmas music all the fucking time and everyone's you gotta go see your family you gotta give all the presents and you know i guess but there is a network devoted to how you know they have a war on christmas mm-hmm. every year and they don't want you to celebrate well, christmas in every christmas special it seems like maybe there is because just no one cares about christmas but like fucking in the in the real world we ain't won this war yet because <laughs> like throw a stone anywhere in the south and you'll see some pissed off sign about like remember the real reason for the season and all that kind of shit and the South is what I wanted to talk about next mm-hmm. because Jingle and Jangle end up in Southtown, USA. <laughs> and I thought we ought to just talk about what we would imagine seeing in Southtown, USA. Yeah, like, I drove to Branson recently, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, you know, the one thing one thing you won't see, you know, equality. Yep. <laughs> or diversity. Right, exactly. Uh, let's see. So they go to Southtown, USA. Oh, man just as tolerant as you'd expect <laughs> because they get there and immediately get thrown in jail just because of the way they're dressed and like it's like yep nope, that checks out also Southtown usa i remember there's some like teenage kid that's like oh man look at santa claus over there <laughs> it's like what what part of Southtown are you from like why do you talk <laughs> like this he's born on vacation south jersey and then yeah so they come up with a plan to disguise the reindeer by putting socks on her antlers, mm-hmm. and people think she's a puppy because, you know, how them rubes are in the South. Yep. Uh, but then a dog catcher gets her anyway, and so it still didn't work out. Santa tries to blend in in his, like, fucking pimp outfit <laughs> he comes to town in. He's got, like, this ridiculous, like, Pharrell hat that he's wearing mm-hmm. and, like, some plaid pants and shit. It's just like, it's, it's a look. what are you doing, Santa? Like, just wear your normal clothes if that's your disguise outfit. Like, Yeah, I think that's around the point when I quit watching, too. Santa blends Ignatius Thistlewhite. No idea who that who is. Ignatius, yeah, I don't know either. Uh, then Santa sings a lame song, asks the mayor for help. The mayor laughs. Uh, if it snows... In Southtown, I don't know <laughs> if it snows in Southtown, <laughs> snow here in Dixie, reindeer get sick because of warm weather. I remember that. Anyway, uh, so they make a deal where if it snows in Southtown, he'll let Santa go or let the reindeer back out or something is the deal where he's got to let it snow in Southtown. He needs snow there. So the mayor wants it. Okay, this. so they have to go to the cold miser? So they, I think they call Mrs. Claus and she goes to the cold, cold miser. And that's when he sings his song, which is fantastic. Um, really both the misers are, are wonderful anytime they're on screen. Anyway, so they talk to the snow miser. He sings his fantastic song and then they tell him, you know, we need it to snow in South town. We need to, they need to finally have snow in the South. And he goes, snow in the South. And he's, you know, says, well, I couldn't do that. That's heat misers kingdom. I'd have to get permission from him. So then... Uh, Mrs. Claus has to fly off and go to Heat Miser and talk to him, where he redoes the song. Uh, oh, yep. Only slower when he does it for reasons which seem backwards to me. It seems like, if anything, Heat should mean it's sped up, but not slower. But his version is a little slower. I guess that logic and, makes sense. Uh, he says, well, in that case, I want to control the weather in the North Pole, and I want to make it really hot in the North Pole. And you'll have to agree to that in order to, you know, let me let you 
snow let whatever yeah. let snow happen in Southtown in order to bring Christmas joy to Santa. Is that still our end right, goal here? Right, they've got to see like, a Christmas miracle in Southtown. Uh-huh. The may you know if it snows there, then he'll do whatever he needs to do. But that'll be enough Christmas magic to get to power the sleigh like an elf, again, whatever. Help Santa, you know, keep things fresh. He can get it up again. But even though, <laughs> very nice. <laughs> even though they made Mrs. Claus fly from, uh, not Winter Warlock, but from Cold Miser to well Heat Miser. Once she gets to Heat Miser, then they just have this video screen where Cold Miser shows up on, and they can just talk to him. They just FaceTime <laughs> him real quick, so that's handy. But then it's not even really like FaceTime because he sends like a cold zap at Heat Miser, and Heat Miser zapping him back. Okay. They just have this just portal a wormhole that she could have, yeah, she could have just fucking walked through instead they made her go on this journey to get from one to the other didn't even tell her about that so then mrs claus decides to just go over their head and brings in mother nature okay um who then zaps her sons up to come talk to her and um yeah she summons the kids heat miser refuses even though it was his idea in the first place like so he's the one that came up with the deal of like you know you let me i'll let you make it snow down there and I'll take over the North Pole. And then Cold Miser agrees to this in front of Mother Nature and he says, no, nah, I won't do it. <laughs> but it was your idea. So nobody's motivations are clear. No, not really. Um, they finally agree. Santa comes home, but Mrs. Claus is gone. Santa gets a day off. Kids. Oh, so so Santa finally comes back and you think, oh, he's going to come back and do all the presents. No, instead, they spread the news that Santa's so tired and worn out, and instead, and this is where shit really goes off the rails, mm-hmm. every kid in the world comes to the North Pole <laughs> to bring Santa presents Aww, we do the for opposite. his one day off, which is really sweet, but it makes no goddamn right. sense. Right, and where did they, did elves make the presents for them? Like, did they have to make and them why themselves? Did we, why, would, why did we fuck around with the misers? Like, why would Santa need that many goddamn presents? So the kids come to him, but as they're coming to him and making their toys, they sing Blue Christmas, because <laughs> they're very sad about Santa not coming to them. All right. Yeah. Sounds quite morose. There's a montage, gifts for Santa, but then Santa, after he gets the kids' gifts, gets re-inspired and decides, Christmas is back on, I'm going to bring gifts to everybody, which I guess means the elves who've been told they're done, (laughs) you know, for a few days now, suddenly have to like, oh shit, we're on, like, we need all the gifts immediately, Mm -hmm. and then I guess it went okay, (laughs) because that was the end. Yeah, and then we're done. Yeah. So I got confused and asked Jake if we wanted to talk about this movie and instead text him about another movie called Miser Brothers Christmas. Yeah, I didn't even know this existed. This is a like 2008 TV special. Mm -hmm. Let me just quickly run you through it. It starts about the same. It does look very pretty. I will give it that. Um, I don't Rankin Bass don't exist anymore. So who made this? I have no idea. Okay. Let's see. But but uh, what's his name? Rooney is still in it. He was alive in 2008? Is he alive now? I don't know when he died. No, he's definitely dead. Mickey Rooney, that's who I was trying to... I couldn't remember his name. Um, I don't remember when he died. He is in this... I'll look that up while you're talking. So the misers go to see their mom again, and I guess it's like a big... She's gathered the whole family. All of her kids are there. There's the tides. There's thunder and lightning. There's the north wind... Um, who's going to be the bad guy in the story? That old North Wind. You're not going to know what that is. When, when, don't worry. When did he die? 2014. 
Okay, so there you go. Uh, the North Wind, in a no way subtle thing, says, "Well, whatever. What would happen if something happened to Santa? What would we do? <laughs> like, hmm, Mother, uh, no, what's her name? I already forgot her name. Mother Earth. M-E. Mother Earth. Mother Earth. Yeah." Mother Nature, that, I think, is what you said. It should earlier. be Mother Nature. I don't know why I wrote it. Me, <laughs> me says. <laughs> anyway, uh, says it's his territory. Wait. Mother Nature is a he. I no, mean... Mother Nature says that it would be the North Wind's territory, mm. and he would take over, which is a continuity error from before because we just established in the previous movie that it was the Cold Miser's territory, and okay. that's why he had to get permission. But apparently, now it's the North Wind's territory. Sure. Um, ba, 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 climate change. Oh, the uh, the Miser brothers get in an argument uh, about different things that the other one does that they don't like or whatever. And then uh, I think it's Heat Miser says, "What about that time you gave Iceland the wrong name so people would think it was icy there or whatever?" And it's like, "Well, you did the same thing with Greenland. <laughs> like, it's the most you." told everybody about global warming oh yeah well you told everyone we were going into another ice age (laughs) all right it's ridiculous um santa gets a new sleigh plane deal but it crashes okay and now the misers like santa so they're worried that you know the wind is gonna fuck with him i guess santa ends up bedridden of course and then Mother Nature makes the misers take Santa's place instead of the wind, even though she told her the, told the wind earlier mm. it would be his thing. Um, so then while they're flying around, uh, wind guy tries to get them. At one point, the, he says, no, ho, ho. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so that made me laugh. Uh, then each miser has a team of, like, mini-me's. They're, they each have, like, six mini-versions of themselves that help make toys along with the elves. They redo their I'm Mr. White Christmas song, uh, each individually at first, and then they sort of blend them together um, as they're making the toys. Nice duet. Oh, they find the, like, files of of the naughty and nice list from all all time, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so their files get pulled, and they, you know, I guess these things basically have everything anyone has ever done in the history of time. That's fun. And so they discover they're on the naughty list, of course, and, you know, they want to fix that. Then they get ready to fly out. They start arguing all over again. Big fight again. Santa limps downstairs and takes the toys himself. So we're doing that again. Like, okay. <laughs> Santa couldn't possibly do it. Oh, whoops, Santa's doing it again. <laughs> um, the wind tries to take him out. The misers learn it wasn't their fault. Um, they know the wind is behind everything. They take a new jet pulled by a mini reindeer to trap Santa. Wait. To catch up and help Santa, the West, not the West Wind, the North Wind <laughs> traps Santa in a vortex. The misers catch him. There's a snow bridge. They what? trade places. Okay. And then the misers end up in the vortex. The reindeer save them. The wind is still out there. Uh, they save the day. Um, then they tell Mother Nature what's happened. And then uh, the misers finally make it onto the nice list. I was not expecting a miser baby face turn in the sequel. Great. Yeah. Well, a new, less interesting villain for them to go against. He's like purple. He has a giant head and like weird hair. Mm. And he said, no, ho, ho. I mean, that's a good line. <laughs> that's going to be my one takeaway from the entire summary of this film. Oh, yeah. No, it was watch. not good. It was, I mean, the other one is not good either, but this was, this was also bad and boring. 
So we have any more? That's it for Rankins, right? Yeah, I think I got my fill of the Rankin Basses for probably many years to come, but I'm sure I'll be, you know, sitting around watching them year after year for some fucking reason. (laughs) Why do we do this? Nostalgia can't carry all of these movies. Well, I like the the three, well, less so with Frosty, but I definitely want to keep watching Rudolph and and, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town every year. Well, that's the thing, though, is like, there's movies I like that I enjoy watching, and they're really good movies, and I only watch them every, like, four years because I go, eh, fucking who's got time to watch a movie? But and suddenly it's Christmas time, and it's like, you betcha I'll watch Home Alone 2, Lost in New York for the 500th time. Fair enough. <laughs> These jokes won't be old, but we did want to watch some Disney uh, Christmases. Uh, you know, not, you know, we're a Disney podcast, but there's not a lot of Christmas going on in the actual, you know, canon of films we're reviewing. But if you go to the Disney Plus, there's various, uh, you know, mostly shorts, direct-to-video sort of stuff that uh, Disney's done over the years. Uh, I think one of the first largely notable ones is Mickey's Christmas Carol, which is from uh, 1983, I believe. This is not to be confused with, like, Jim Carrey, Disney's A Christmas Carol, if you search for that from, like, 2009 or whatever, uh, no, not that. This is Mickey Mouse and Scrooge McDuck plays uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. It was his introduction, I think, as a character. Uh, was this short? And yeah, I think so. It's from a you know a bygone era when you would go to you know the theater to see a Disney movie, and there would be an animated short that plays ahead of it and that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, that still happens. Yeah. No, that has started happening again. Okay. There's a difference there because they did that with fucking Frozen Two. No, they did that with. Coco or whatever whatever came after Frozen 2 and it was like here's a 25 minute cartoon about fucking Olaf that everyone hated uh well right but they were doing shorts there was a short before Frozen wasn't there I don't remember when no, they started I, Pic- Pixar does their shorts well, right I thought Disney was doing but, little shorts too maybe not no because this was the last one until they did the one uh, fucking Olaf's Christmas adventure or whatever dumb shit it's called well. Encanto had one when I went to see that. So well, see, we'll talk about it on the podcast some fifteen years from now. I'm sure, (laughs) probably not watched it yet. But uh, Christmas Carol, uh, we haven't really, you know, we talked about movies we watched growing up. There's like seven billion versions of a Christmas Carol out there. Uh, Everyone has their favorites, and I think this one is on a lot of people's lists. Uh, I don't know where you at on a Christmas Carol in general. Uh, I mean, it's an good story of course or it wouldn't have lasted mm-hmm. this long but uh i don't think we watch any just just any sort of straight christmas carol movies like i mean scrooge but that's sort of a, a yeah. takeoff on it and right. then like muppets and mickey right. christmas carol but not like just any just here's a christmas carol from right know. there are a lot of good ones out there there's one from like the 40s i think uh, you kind of see with a christmas carol since it's a story everyone's fucking heard it some version of a million times it really comes down to like who is playing uh i almost said charles dickens that's not right <laughs> who is who is playing ebenezer scrooge because that you know they gotta carry the film and so basically you're best off just googling whoever uh the actor is and that's also why surprise uh muppet christmas carol is the best one because it's fucking michael Caine, and it's pretty hard to beat michael Caine. yeah there is a a version with uh patrick stewart that gets played on tnt a lot that i've seen like some i've never seen it all the way through I hear that one's good. I've never watched it. There's one from the like the 40s with a guy called Alistair Sims is the the actor. It's a really good version. You know, probably one of the early, you know, memorable versions of that movie. But like, you know, you can either play it straight or you can do like, well, here's an existing story and here's our cast of characters performing it, which is like 
what this version is and anytime I, I i watch any version of a christmas carol i'm going to be comparing it to the one i love which is great or which is the muppet christmas carol but like i feel like this one shows that it's very easy to do uh just a super condensed version of the story and have it still work because like you know we got like 25 minutes to do this but we get everything across and i think i really like this uh in general because i've it it does it so well and for years i only saw the fucking mr magoo one that was on that fucking dvd set which does Mm -hmm. not do it well and has the same amount of time like that shit's garbage but mickey mouse gets it done you're right this is very efficient uh storytelling where you know what's the minimum amount of time we need to get across who everyone is and what their interests are and how you know have them learn the lessons they need to learn you know so we can move on right so we open up with scrooge mcduck who was a brand new character at the time uh and you know we know everything about him now like you know after ducktales we we reviewed the ducktales feature film earlier on this podcast check that out if you haven't seen it uh our our review and the movie itself too i guess but like Scrooge McDuck is a familiar character, but when this came out, he was just like, oh, okay, here's an Ebenezer Scrooge guy, uh, except he's, you know, Scottish. But he shows up, he's a dick, he uh, talks about, you know, have, being partners with uh, Jacob Marley, and he says something like, oh, yeah, that old, old, my old business partner, he died, you know, however many years ago, and he left me enough money to... Uh, pay for his grave and then i had him buried at sea or something (laughs) so like you get a few good lines in there to show you know he's a greedy dickhead and then we cast mickey mouse and donald as the two people that show up uh to his his business you know mickey is bob cratchit and donald is like his cousin fred or whatever Mm -hmm. that's uncle freddy i think that was uncle fred (laughs) (laughs) and it was uncle fred they're the baby faces that we like we already know them and here's scrooge being a dickhead to him and you know, it just works. It gets things across really quickly. Yeah, I didn't write down any notes at all. I were very few notes watching this. Like, I was just, mm-hmm. you know, watching the story and enjoying it. I didn't really have anything I needed to write down. Like, yeah, you had a... Did you have, the like, the storybook version of this? I think I recall seeing it at your... On your bookshelf somewhere. Probably. It's not <laughs> one that one we of, like. One of those little golden books. Yeah. But, yeah, um, so it's, it goes well. It moves really quickly. You know, we get... He gets visited by the first ghost in his home or whatever. Well, he gets visited by the ghost of Jacob Marley first, which is uh, goofy. So, like, you know, what should be the scary part of the movie where, like, uh uh-oh, here's a ghost showing up to haunt someone. It's also kind of silly because, hey, it's goofy and he's clumsy and he hurts himself and he goes gorsh afterwards. And Yeah, I think we do a good job of, like, doing the scary stuff but doing it in a way where we don't lose the little kids, you know. Yeah, seriously. And uh, it's also fun just as, like, two Disney nerds that have been doing this podcast for five years or whatever, like look around every character, like in the background is some character from some other fucking Disney movie. There's like all the farm animals from, uh, Robin hood in like the dance scenes and stuff. You see the turtles and the rabbits and all that. Uh, there's like the fuckers from, uh, the Mr. Toad, uh, mm-hmm. like mole and badger and rat. Or, no, I don't think badger, but rat, badger, mole but and rat were yeah. there. All kinds of shit. So it's a fun, like, Easter egg hunt. Yeah, it's a nice touch. But since we do do it so fast, you lose, like, uh, all the subtlety that takes place in, like, the Muppet Christmas Carol scene where Ebenezer Scrooge and Bella break up or whatever that one Christmas. Like, we don't get any of that in this one because it's just like, oh, no, uh, 
you know, I foreclosed on your house. We're done. Like we go full, like super villain instead of actually like, yeah, we had a relationship where we used to love each other, but you kind of forgot about me because you care about your money. So I'm leaving you like that whole scene that is in itself fairly condensed in uh, Muppet Christmas Carol is like, you know, two sentences in this movie. And super condensed in the theatrical version that cuts out the song, you know? Right. Instead, it's just like, I love you. You did once. And then we're and, crying. And then like, Rizzo's crying, and we don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. But it's even shorter in this one. And then, you know, we get visited by the ghosts, which are Jiminy Cricket and the big derpy giant from Mickey and the Beanstalk. And then uh, Pete plays the ghost of Christmas Future, which uh, I, I was looking it up because the actor, this is pre-Jim Cummings, Pete, uh, is the actor was just recently passed away. His name is Will Ryan. And... uh he played Willie and Pete in this, uh, and also, uh, most notably, Petrie from Land Before Time. Hmm. And he had been a voice actor for, like, you know, a whole lot of years. He was, like, 78 or something and passed away a couple weeks ago. So, But he gets a super, you know, Pete only says, like, two lines in this movie, but they're pretty memorable where he's like, uh, you know, that's your grave, Ebenezer, and you're the richest man in the cemetery or whatever, and cackles and laughs. and We're in most versions of the story the ghost of Christmas future doesn't actually say anything. Right. He's just a hood, but then, you know, this hood reveals himself to be the villain of, you know, Mickey mouse shorts everywhere. And he's smoking cigars. Cause you could still do that back then in cartoons and <laughs> cast Scrooge McDuck down into the fires of his grave. And then he wakes up and he's happy and he dances and, you know, but there's still dark stuff in this. Like we see tiny Tim's grave and shit. Like there's, it, I, I think this, uh, I looked it up in this short played uh, before Fox and the Hound was mm. the movie it came out with. And like that had to be an emotional trip to the movie theater. <laughs> like, yeah. Take my kids and we'll see this, you know, haunting Christmas story about a guy looking at his own grave. And then also here's this fox being taken out of the woods to be abandoned. Like, <laughs> You two can't be friends. Had to be pretty rough. Yeah, that is uh, that's an emotional roller coaster. Just like, I just wanted some popcorn and, you know, in a place where my kid would be quiet for a few hours. Yeah. Instead, we got a lot of questions to answer. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of this version. I didn't grow up with it at all. Like, we didn't mm-hmm. have it. Um, you know, we may have had a book about it somewhere because I'm pretty sure I saw it at your house. But yeah, I think uh, that may, may be Lauren's. I don't know. No, it could be. Since she also had a childhood. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I, I, I only discovered this, you know three or four years ago or something, but it's, it's, it's a good one. I, I like having it in the rotation. Yeah. Uh, something I don't know that will stay in the rotation is Mickey's once upon a Christmas, which we also watched. Yep. That happened. That was a <laughs> thing we watched anyway. See you next time. No. <laughs> Basically. Now this one was a, a lot more modern. I don't know what its release was, but it came out in like 99. Maybe it was a direct to video. Uh, it was probably by that fucking Disney tune studios, which we'll talk about more. Uh, and yeah, it's a, collection of christmas stories that i recommended we watch because i thought it was only 30 minutes long turns out it was an hour and that was a you know a roadblock right at the beginning when i looked at the link at the time you bastard sorry but it opens with uh donald duck and his his three nephews huey dewey and louie and they wish it was christmas every day and then it's sort of a groundhog day situation where it plays out as christmas every day is the first the first story this was extra frustrating to me because we had just watched uh, a Sesame Street Christmas special, which was also an hour long. And the same thing? 
Elmo Saves Christmas, where Elmo wishes it could be Christmas every day, and then everybody gets sad about it, nobody goes to work anymore, uh, Snuffy had to go visit his family for Christmas, but then Chris, since Christmas never ended, like, you know, it's now... He never comes back. It, yeah, it's like a year later, and Big Bird's miserable, he hasn't seen his best friend Aww. for a whole year, and like, yeah. That sounds way more nuanced than this version. <laughs> they're all aware that they're still having Christmas each day. They're not having the same day over and over again. They're just having Christmas over and over again mm-hmm. for over a year until Elmo goes back in time and fixes it. But but we brought in Arkansas's own Maya Angelou to narrate it and to okay. basically do the frame story around it where she's telling some kids a story about the time Elmo saved Christmas or whatever. But hmm. So that's nice. That sounds better than what we watched. There's oh, also yeah, definitely. the, uh, uh, I don't know if you remember much about the Fairly Odd Parents, but there was a Christmas special of that show growing up where Timmy wished it was Christmas every day. And it was like a big, it was like a double two-parter episode, you know, and I watched it however many fucking Christmases in a row when they would play it. And he, you know, it's the same deal. He wishes it was Christmas all the time. And then after three or four days, it kind of sucks and be careful what you wish for and all that. Um which is what Huey, Dewey, and Louie go through here. My main takeaway was like, oh, we're going to have Christmas dinner, and then they are all eating a turkey, despite the fact that they're duck people. Like, it was, you know, questionable <laughs> there. That's a good point. But not a, not a whole lot going on. Uh, and then basically they get out of it being Christmas every day because they learn to be good and they take care of other people instead of Yeah, that's of what I wrote down. The boys learn to be nice, and somehow that fixes it. Yeah, Somehow magic. that just makes it not Christmas Christmas anymore. magic. I guess. Like, at least Elmo had to do something and, like, go back in time and keep himself from wishing for that. Like, which is... He had to get on a reindeer and, like, fly backwards like Superman. Okay. But, um, at least he had to do something. This is just like, hey, we're nice now, and so we can have our wish undone. The spirit of giving, as opposed to being bratty little kids that just want to go have fun and play with their toys. I guess. But then we... We quickly, well, we don't quickly, nothing happens quickly in this, but uh, I'm ready to quickly move on to the True. goofy one, because um, I liked it a lot better. Yes, this this had a lot more going for it, uh, and it, it like kept going and kept getting sadder and more like upsetting in a way that I didn't expect it to. Like There was like four different times where I'm like, okay, well, now Goofy's dressed as Santa Claus, and that's going to cheer Max up, but then it makes him madder, and now he's he's got their old stuffed, stuffed toy bear or stuffed, yeah, stuffed teddy bear out, and we're like, oh, that'll cheer him up, but then the bear gets ripped, and then he cries some more, and like, I don't know, it, it kept building in a way that actually got me invested. <laughs> But the main crux of the story is Max is getting older, uh, and he, he's got to get his letter to Santa Claus, and then as it goes on and on, he stops believing in Santa Claus, but Goofy still has the spirit, and he's going to stay up and see Santa Claus, and Max is like, there's no Santa Claus, Dad, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you know. So they start out by trying to chase down the mail truck and following him into, like, the mall and stuff, and so yeah. I just wrote down, uh, ask Jake if anything similar has ever happened to him while on the job, like... <laughs> No, I've never been chased through a mall. <laughs> it's uh, not normal mailman shit. No, I mean, I'll stop if people say, hey, I got a letter for you. I don't think I've ever picked up a letter to Santa Claus or whatever. I'm not sure what I would do if I did, other than you know, probably leave it in the office somewhere and then throw it away in January. I don't know. You wouldn't take it home and uh, write back? No, that's not a thing. You can't do that. It- if you're putting something Christmas related in your mailbox, uh, you know, it, it better be a card for your mailman with something nice in it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That legally, legally, I think has to be under $25. Wink, wink, wink. 
I was about to say, like, is there a high percentage of people who who give gifts to their oh, mailman? Yeah. I so, mean, I don't, I don't know that everybody does, but like my my mail, my my customers like me, I guess I've I've gotten some nice stuff, right. lots of gift cards. That's common. Well, so we do not, and I wanted to know, like, if we were assholes or not. Like, or I mean, it's, if, are it's we, by no means everybody. All right, like I didn't know if it was like everyone else on our block, but us, like, because I do feel bad with the number of like Amazon shits we're getting. Like, if it was mm. just stuff in the mailbox. Yeah, whatever. That doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> like you're gonna roll down your window and yeah. like put stuff in the mail. That's not so bad. But I mean, I, I'm also a walk around mailman right. and not yeah. a drive to your, drive by your house and put it in the box mailman. You know, because of the neighborhood I'm in. I've been on my mail route about uh, coming up on four years now, and like each Christmas, it's gotten slightly better. I'd say so. You know, people like me, and I maybe like last year maybe i got like 10 to 15 little card gift type deals so (laughs) last year was a good year nice thus far it's december 5th i haven't gotten anything yet but i'll keep you posted (laughs) it seems early um it is yeah but like i don't put a gift in my mailbox because i know our mail carrier and we're not that close of friends (laughs) (laughs) she's nice but you know we don't have a lot to talk about but where were oh you're chasing uh, they, the mail truck yeah they do the big trace or whatever and then they come back home and pete's moved all his snow from his yard to goofy's yard yeah pete's the neighbor here and he's you know kind of a jerk but not a whole lot of a jerk but we still you know he, we gotta get some comedy out of that i mean moving all your snow to someone else's yard is pretty jerky fair enough i don't remember that scene to be honest Pete puts his snow in goofy's yard makes fun of him for believing max gets sad tells goofy about pete talk a dog's life oh that's unrelated okay a dog's life is a show on disney plus that was on there like when the network first started they haven't done a second season of it but it's the guy who voices goofy like just meeting different dogs and stuff and talking about what they do like sheep dogs or like you know rescue dogs or you know dogs that help people who are drowning or whatever like is that a thing i don't know i may have made that i like dogs dogs that help people who are drowning maybe but um (laughs) anyway it's a cool show and it's goofy you know fun is he dressed as Goofy? Like, is it a no, mascot situation? No, he's just situation? a normal guy, just, but he'll occasionally say something in his Goofy voice, and otherwise <laughs> say something in his normal voice, which still sounds a little bit like Goofy. It was a bit weird for me watching this short and seeing, like, little kid Max. I know that Max was a kid in Goof Troop, which I did watch a little of as a kid, but I'm way yeah, more not. familiar with a Goofy movie and mm-hmm. an extremely Goofy movie, where he's, like, a, you know, a young adult or, you know, a teenager and like now he's like a little kid who doesn't believe in Santa and that's not nearly as fun as because a goofy movie spoilers we're totally going to do that episode probably very soon because I think it came out just after you know around the same time as Pocahontas and it's a great goddamn movie that's great I need an excuse to watch it again because it hasn't really been that long since I watched it but I'd like to watch it again (laughs) but I don't want any I don't want my wife to be all like didn't you just watch this like (laughs) yeah but it's like oh well it's for my it's for the show like that makes it so much cooler yeah seriously it's research for this podcast no one listens to (laughs) but i feel like it's it's the movie that's gonna only get more poignant as you know as our children age uh right what it's what it's like to be dads but like (laughs) this is just you know similar issues but the kids younger and it just feels a little strange when i'm like we've already done at this point this movie came out in 99 we've already done college max but now he's just a kid again so we can do that it's just weird to me but anyway, we we do a bunch of shit, and then Santa does show up, and it's it's good. Yeah, Goofy tries to prove to Max that Santa's real, and, you know, eventually does somehow, but I don't remember how. 
Oh yeah, Max ends up pretending to be Santa. Like that's a cute thing yeah, that happens. That's it. Yeah, because it gets sweet. Because Goofy pretends to be Santa and that backfires and upsets Max. And then Max sees how Goofy is still out looking for Santa and like feels bad for him, so he wants to cheer up Goofy and Goofy gets all mopey and then Max dresses up as Santa to cheer him up and all kinds of shit. They both fall off the roof and then the actual Santa shows up. Like, you know. Yeah, it's a cute sweet. cute parent kid relationship type. It's stuff. the most rewatchable of the three. Definitely. The third one was Gift of the Magi, and I don't remember much about it. It's Mickey and Minnie doing Gift of the Magi. The first thing I wrote under my notes is wasn't paying attention, so it's <laughs> always good. Good to know. Uh, Mickey's got a harmonica, and Minnie's really poor, and they want to get each other's presents, and Mickey works for Pete selling Christmas trees, and my main note, my main takeaway from this was like, wow, in 99, we were still showing uh, Pete smoking a cigar in cartoons. Like, that's surprising. <laughs> that seems late for that. 9-11 must have changed everything like and then you know pete fires him and mickey has no idea you know doesn't know what he's gonna do he gives he earns some money but then he gives it away or something like that and then he goes to go trade in his harmonica to get a present for Minnie, and he gets her something, something. well first <laughs> what, the guy tells him this isn't even worth anything and like breaks his heart or whatever because it right. you know, means so much to him but then he feels bad. One of those nice pawn shop owners that's closing his doors at 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve. <laughs> but whatever Minnie had, she gave away to get him something, get him a case for his harmonica. And then, oh, no, we don't have it's the fucking story. Everyone's heard this. It's just the mouse version of it. Well, then at some point they made a Twice Upon a Christmas, which I watched once and said we should watch for this. But then I went, eh, if Once Upon a Christmas sucks, let's not do twice. And you were like, good deal. So, if anyone remembers what happens in Twice Upon a Christmas, feel free to write in. So that leaves us with, I don't know the actual title of the movie, so I wrote down Bell's Christmas Bullshit. So, <laughs> I assume that's what it is. Pretty much, because back at Disney Toon Studios land, which we're checking in on after, you know, it's been about a year since that second Aladdin movie came out, or that third Aladdin movie came out that we re- we reviewed. I forget what it's called. It wasn't that interesting. Prin- and Prince of Thieves, right? Not- uh, King of Thieves. King of Thieves, yeah, because Prince of Thieves Aladdin's. is Robin Hood. Yep, you're right. Different movie. Anyway, after making two Aladdin sequels, they decided to make a Beauty and the Beast sequel and make it Christmas-themed and not really put a whole lot of Christmas in it. And I mean, it does open with Deck the Halls. It does, which yep. we late... It, yeah, let's, let's start with the opening here because we open... It took me a minute to figure out like where we are in the timeline, but it starts out after everything's all of the events of beauty and the beast happened all the all the silverware and stuff are back yeah to they're all human humans. again yeah chip's a little boy he's excited about christmas and then like lumiere and cogsworth are like oh but it won't be like last year you know we almost had christmas ruined last year or something but then i saved it no i saved it you did not save it and you know, all that kind of shit and then we have a flashback to the actual story which takes place uh I've specifically time dated it because they mention it's right after the uh, escape attempt that Belle has in the middle of Beauty and the Beast where they go get attacked by wolves and shit. Yeah, Mrs. Potts tells us that. Right. So basically, this entire movie happens when the montage of there's something there that wasn't there before or whatever happens. Which means if you're doing a story like this, like 
by definition, you can have no progress made <laughs> by <laughs> any of the characters. Like, no one's motivations can really change that much because they have to be where they were mid-song in the previous movie that everyone right. loves. That's definitely the challenge of making a midquel. Now, I mean, in this case, it was their goal was make money, and, like, who cares if we tell a coherent story or whatever. Right, because it's direct-to-video and it's christmas theme. Like, it's we're aiming at kids here. Which, I mean, we've mentioned this before, I think, but I also don't enjoy a prequel for the same reason. Like, if it's mm. a prequel where, like, it's in the same universe or whatever, or with, like, a small character or whatever, fine. Like, uh, the best one I can think of right now is... Temple uh, of Doom. Rogue One is what I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> um, where, like, there are characters in that, you like them, you know where the story's going, but, like, there can be stakes for those characters because, you know, we don't know what's going happen to them going forward and like sure, yeah. but like if you go back like with the the rest of the star wars prequels you'd never thought obi-wan was going to be in any real danger because you know obi-wan makes it to the other end you know like right. so that's sort of the issue with prequels in general but right there's no stakes like when bell falls into the frozen lake in this movie it's like oh no i hope she doesn't die like <laughs> that's obviously not a thing because we all watched beauty and the beast first <laughs> We know none of this shit happened, but we're all supposed to accept that all throughout Bell's entire time in the castle, there was a room with a giant organ in it that was playing all the time, and it was Beast's favorite room, and he would go there to <laughs> sulk, even though we never saw that at any point. Right. Well, and I suppose we don't necessarily have to see him sulking, but like it does seem like an organ is not a quiet instrument. Like We would have mm-hmm. heard it at some point. At like 70 five percent of the way through this movie bell's like what's that organ music and it's like he's been playing this whole fucking time i get it's a big castle but surely you would hear that also like everyone else in the castle is someone who like worked for beast right or worked for the prince or whoever he was right you have servants you have a cook you have uh you know maids whatever most even like your your kings and queens don't just have a you know just maestro on yeah, hand just, living a living, living maestro yeah. exactly yeah well keep him on retainer i might need I to go so. brood because i'm a bratty teenager that loves i guess <laughs> you know there there was no you know emo music at the time so it was just right but also like and I wrote this later on in my notes, but, like, it really is bullshit that they all get punished because he's a dick, though, right? Like, True. Like, it is not the maid's job to teach him to be a good little boy. Like, that's right. not her get down. And, like, also, the it's not like those people that work there would have had, like, any sort of, like, freedom to speak up to him to say, like, hey, you're being a jerk. You right. should be more like this. Like, that's, they like, a good help. way to get, get thrown in the dungeon. Like, exactly. you know. You're not wrong. So, fa-la-la, Chip runs wild. We did all that. Never mind. Uh, In in case you're wondering, the 1997 B-Team CGI looks amazing in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's what our our villain is. We could have easily done just a cartoon organ, but no, let's have him a total CGI face that makes like, that cycles back and forth between about six faces during the movie whenever he's talking. And from a distance, like when you see the whole organ, and he actually is probably a cartoon that looks fine. It's only when he's mm. zoomed in and it is awful like uh, Beast Wars or like reboot yeah. CGI yeah. like that it looks so terrible. Reboot is really the level. But we get Tim Curry 
Everybody likes Tim Curry. Before we get Tim Curry, though, like, so she gets attacked by wolves. Then we show her, like, in the castle, and she's just telling Chip it's Christmas Eve. Like, yeah, she's super just, cheery for a prisoner that just got that just had a failed escape attempt. Who's never going to see her family again, and, like, got so fed up with being there that she decided to go home. Never yeah. once mentions her dad in this movie. It's like, oh, well, what do you want most for Christmas? Uh, books. I like books. <laughs> just buy me a book. Not, like, my freedom or to go see my dad. Yeah, you know, no, just just books. Yep, because we got to do that. So Bell tells Chip it's Christmas Eve, ice skating time. Beast falls right away. But then he doesn't have any have ice fun. skates. I felt bad for him there, like because exactly. I was I was paying attention because I'm like they're just gonna cut to him in ice skates in the next scene. When like how the fuck do we have giant ass ice skates that fit the beast? But no, he's trying to skate on his bare feet or his you know whatever animal he is feet. Huh? <laughs> also, uh. The, the maestro, uh, his name is Forte, and he also has a little piccolo guy that's with him. Uh, this guy was never not annoying. That's uh, true. We're supposed to like him because Meister, because Forte, I keep wanting to call him Maestro, which makes me think of the WCW wrestler that mm-hmm. is not notable at all, but had a feud with James Brown, so that's why I remember him. <laughs> uh, but no, his name's Forte, and yeah, we're supposed to care about the little piccolo guy because Forte... Uh, the piccolo guy is named Fife. We're supposed to care about him because Forte treats him like shit, but like I don't I don't give a shit about this guy. He's got an annoying voice, he has no backbone, and he gets treated like shit by the guy who's bolted to the wall and can't do anything. Like fucking yeah. stand up for yourself, Fife. You could go roam this whole castle. You don't have to wait for this guy to try to write you a solo or whatever he's talking about. Before we get to those guys, the scene on the ice skates is basically the main frustrating part about this movie with Bell and Beast is that they just redo the same scene every time they're with each other of like mm-hmm. Bell's trying trying to have some fun, Beast is grumpy about it, then starts to have some fun, but then before he can have too much fun, has to he get gets, re-grumpy again. Yeah, he so gets embarrassed by get, something. And... Get back in that same sort of place where we need to be for the end of the movie to fit mm-hmm. back into the continuity, but it's right. just we just redo shit all the way through it. And then, you're right, they, they make the mistake of pointing out that he is bolted to the wall or whatever, which means he's in, like, no way a threat. Shut the door and you're done with dealing with Forte. Like, just don't go in Forte's room. Problem solved, you know? Well, and, until he busts out unexplained laser magic at the end of the movie. But That yeah. is true, yeah. But joke's on you for thinking I was still paying attention by the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, true. Forte, uh, his motivation. the only one that... That doesn't want to be human, though, is his motivation, right? Right. He wants to stay in Oregon because he plays for the for the master beast uh, when the master never cared about him before. But now he's the only one that can heal him. And like, I don't know if they meant for this to feel sexual, but it very much does. Like (laughs) he is obsessed with the beast and will like this is his only way to remain close to him. And I assume like early on in the movie i assumed oh the beast will come and play the organ too so then there's like you know contact between the two and maybe that was going to be part of it turns out the organ just plays himself and beast listens so that did not totally connect there but like he wants the beast all to himself and no one else can have him is his whole motivation so then we cut back to bell and beast outside and the thing that makes beast mad here is hilarious because they've made snow angels and beast decides his is too ugly and he (laughs) flips out and overreacts and decides that he hates christmas as a result pretty much of his ugly snow angel 
Well, it turns out he already hated Christmas because Christmas was the day that he got cursed or whatever. Well, right, Which but we don't I know this at this point. Remember so. if that was established in the first movie or not? No, it was okay. Well, Bill sings a song that is not good. Where yeah, that that's the biggest discrepancy here. Believe it or not, uh, they don't match up with the quality of the songs and beauty of the uh, Beauty and the Beast. We got our half-ass team on it, and she sings a song about like how much she loves books, and she's gonna write a book full of stories for Beast because she wants to bring him happiness. And right, this did make me laugh though because like she's all these like drawings of different mythological heroes and stuff are showing up as she's singing, um, and like I mean, not even just mythological like fairy tale creatures and other stuff too. But it made me laugh because. Uh, she talks about heroes overcoming uh, the odds and overcoming any obstacle that gets in their way. And the image that's on the screen at the time is of Icarus flying by the sun. Yeah, yeah that was And odd. so I wrote, like, I don't think Bell read all of that story. No. Like, and then he flew away. The end. It's like, no, <laughs> turn the page. Like, yeah, There's a pretty notable event and lesson that comes at the end of that one. So then the uh, the... The servants decide whether or not they're going to do Christmas, and Cogsworth like, no, we can't. The master hates Christmas. Mm-hmm. But then he backs down and allows it, so then we are doing Christmas. Yeah, we Cog- don't care that Cogsworth's it's forbidden. motivation is he wants all the food at Christmas. Well, right, but he, they don't want to do it, or he doesn't want them to do it, because the master has made it clear that Christmas is forbidden. But then they decide they don't care. Keep this in mind Pretty later much. when the master will forbid it again, and they'll care and then not care again. Mm-hmm. But we go up in the attic and we find the Christmas decorations, which are, you know, alive as well, because everything in this house is. And we meet, I don't even remember her name. Angelique. Angelique. There's an angel on top of the tree who's also the decorator for the house, which led me to write, how many Frenchies are in this castle? Because we got Lumiere and his lady are also French, which despite Lumiere having a lady that he's already, you know, into, immediately shows up and starts like, you know kissing this girl too well i mean if you remember that that other his other lady let's call her fifi i don't know if that's her actual name or not says in beauty and the beast you know i have been burned by you before so maybe she's been and also they should be french right because like it takes place in france right (laughs) bonjour bonjour no one else is it's the beginning of and bell actually uses more french in this movie than in beauty and the beast but i also thought it was really funny because the i watched it with subtitles and there was no law when it came to whether or not we will (laughs) subtitle the french language (laughs) like sometimes like i think fucking i don't know i think bell says au revoir to like chip or someone and it says au revoir at the bottom and then chip says au revoir back and it just says speaking french <laughs> like he didn't say anything different but whatever anyway angelique says no but then bell sings so it's all cool <laughs> pretty much oh you're gonna sing uh, fine we can do it i don't care more shit songs gee bell sure hasn't mentioned her dad very much no then we flash back and we see prince beast prick yeah, uh, which we didn't need to see this at all. Like this whole scene, we already know everything that happened and it was done much more, you know, succinctly and like you get to use your imagination in the way it plays out in the the beginning of Beauty and the Beast. But instead we see a prick prince being like, no, I hate this present, a book. What am I going to do? Read a book for? Right. No one likes books. But he gets older as he's, you know, once he becomes the beast or whatever, he's no longer just that little you know, teenage prince or whatever, but then Chip is still a child and like, so I don't know mm-hmm. how that works. Yep. But that's all confusing. Anyway, she's in the boiler room and so's Jason Alexander. 
Is that who was doing the voice? I think so. I, I thought I, I looked bad. him up. No, I, it wasn't. I looked him up, but I didn't recognize who it was, but he had like 500 acting credits, so he's probably been in a bunch of shit. But it did sound a lot like him because I kept thinking of when he's in uh, Abysmal. Fucking, I wasn't thinking, but also that. But I was thinking of when he uh, is in Hunchback of Notre Dame. I tried to say Dame <laughs> and Dom at the same time. <laughs> Dame. <laughs> Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's yeah. getting late, guys. Anyway, yeah, there's an axe doing a ridiculous Jewish voice. Like, he's just comedy jewish of like oi you want i should cut down a tree for you how how could you ask so much of me like a vaults all that kind of stuff but yeah that his name's just axe i think he's an axe and he complains a lot so but she's down there to get a yule log and then beast shows up and then he rebans christmas just to be clear it's banned and christmas then is canceled and she's sad and she's upset and then she goes back upstairs and re-decides that she doesn't care that it's banned. <laughs> yep. It's just like, ah, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. And then you get more bad CGI of Tim Curry being yeah, like, Forte Whoa. has a new plan. Uh, reminder, he's still stuck, so his plan doesn't really matter, you wouldn't think. But then Bell and Chip get he... a tree, axes something... <sighs> He hates Bell because they realize Bell could be the one to break the curse and he doesn't want the curse broken. So that's the bad guy for you. Right. So he lures the dog or has Fife lure the dog into the room with him, which allow or the footstool that was a dog at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that then Bell and Chip follow and then they meet Forte as well. You are ahead of me. Oh, okay. Um, because there is a very silly scene where... You know, when Belle sang that first song and said, I'm going to make you a book with Icarus in it. And uh, she wraps it up and puts it in spoilers, puts it in the room that she's forbidden to go in. Oh, where yeah, Beast hangs good. out all the time with his enchanted rose petal and shit. That so the Beast, Beast finds it in there and like, you know, doesn't care about it all. And Lumiere reads it and is like, oh, it's a gift. It's for you, master. It's from a girl. And he leans in and goes, Mrs. Potts. No, it's from Belle. <laughs> I thought that was really stupid uh and then yeah because the organ can't do anything or go anywhere like he starts scheming and he's like fife pace for me while i scheme and fife has to pace back and forth in front of him while he narrates his bullshit i thought that was amusing uh yeah then we go out looking for a tree and forte manipulates bell into going in the forbidden forest to go get a tree also, Belle uh, doesn't know what organs sound like, which is really funny because she goes, she hears the organ music and gets called to that room and then the music stops and she looks at Fife and is like, were you playing that song? <laughs> even though you're a fucking piccolo? <laughs> like, they don't even sound similar. And then Beast wants to do something nice. Actually, b- before she goes into the forest, though, uh, she says to, I guess, to Chip that she can't go into the forest because she has to honor her word to the beast. She promised, you know, that she would never go to the forest. She has to keep her word to her abductor who tried to take her father away from her. And this would have been after in the original movie when she storms out going, a promise is a promise, but things have gone too far and she tries to escape and then wolves attack. But then he saved her from the wolves, yeah. So I re-promised and I won't re-break it. But, you know. Even though I re-decided I don't care about your Christmas ban. (laughs) 
So Beast tells Forte to write Belle a song, which he doesn't want to do because he doesn't like her, but he's, you know, half-assed writing it or whatever. And Beast checks in and is like, have you written, play me that song you're writing for Belle or whatever. And then he starts playing Deck the Halls. So like, did we just establish Christmas lore here that Deck the Halls was written by fucking Tim Curry, the sexy organ? Like, why is, what? You can't just say that's where that song comes from. In this stupid direct-to-video movie, you can't just create a backstory to deck the halls like that. <laughs> and it also makes it make it makes the lyrics of that song make sense more, though, because it comes off like we're half-assed writing a song of just like da 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 da. We got lyrics there, but then we just go to fa la 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 la. <laughs> like that's all we we're, need. We're still working on that part. <laughs> or follow-up question uh, is. Forte just super half-assing this and is assuming Beast has never heard Deck the Halls before and can be like, no, I I wrote this, don't worry. (laughs) And so Forte tells him, you must not fall in love. Yes, Forte sings a whole song about don't fall in love, which you'd think the song Tim Curry sings should at least be memorable. Tim Curry gets a villain song, like, it's the best, when spoilers, in Muppet Treasure Island, that's the best song of that movie is the Tim Curry villain song. This one is not memorable at all. No, and in fact, I just watched this movie a few hours ago, and I didn't know he had a song until you just said it <laughs> he a does. few seconds ago. Well, really, all that song, remi- the whole point of the song is don't fall in love with women, you know, we don't need to do that. <laughs> Falling in love, don't chase your heart, it's stupid, all that. It just reminded me of the speech that Arlie Ermy gives in Saving Silverman when he's like, if you have oh, any... Yeah. Manly urges that can't be suppressed with hard liquor. <laughs> Just use this. <laughs> Which is a good movie if y'all haven't seen it. <laughs> Dig that I one out. I assume that's where the Dark Order thing came from, too. Like, that they're just that lame and that's why... <laughs> Is that why they hold up their motion hand? is that? They're just staying away from women. I don't pay any women, fucking attention to Dark jacking Order. Jacking it all so. the time. That's their, like... You know, their, their, uh, their four horsemen deal. That's the, <laughs> sure. Just hold up a claw of some sort. <laughs> Hadn't even paid that much attention. I don't know what happened, but Beast gets angry and starts destroying shit as usual. Right back to square one again. This this is where I wrote, this movie doesn't feel Christmassy at all. Like, it's yeah. just shitty beauty in the Beast. Is she, is it because he's mad that she's in the woods, or is he just I mad? I think so. Because. So, anyway, she falls in the ice somehow. She found a tree super far away and is going to make her tired-ass horse drag it back, too. But then the ice breaks and Chip falls in the water. And then I'm wondering, like, wait, can he die? Like, he's a fucking plastic, or he's a, not plastic, he's a fucking ceramic teacup. Like, does right. he need to breathe? Surely he's been through the dishwasher before. Like, maybe. <laughs> you would think so. Yeah. But she jumps in to save him, and then Beast comes by and saves her, but then locks her in a prison cell when they get back because you broke your promise again, and I'm angry, and you'll rot in here forever. Yep. So then she sings a song with Angelique. Right. My next line says, I quit paying attention. Why are we dancing and singing in the jail cell? <laughs> like, we <laughs> jailhouse jumped. rock down there. <laughs> yeah. There was a shift in tone that happened pretty quickly there. Uh, and then I guess Beast hears this song and feels bad because he shows up again. I don't remember what caused his change of heart this time. Well, he you walks... know, he finds Belle's present and then yells that at Forte. Okay. He and opens then, the present because now it's Christmas and he can open right. the present. Unrelated to that, the two girls, Belle and Angelique, uh, decide they don't need decorations and shit to have Christmas and they're just going to have Christmas without, or maybe it's not even them, maybe it's Cogsworth and Lumiere, but either way they decide they don't need decorations to have Christmas. Um, so they're trying again to have Christmas. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then this point, Beast comes in and like looks at her and says, "Like, can you ever forgive me?" Which is not actually apologizing. I would like to point out, like, <laughs> it's not. He's asking also, you to do something. Yeah, but also, she shouldn't be forgiving him yet because then we could jump ahead to the end of Beauty and the Beast. Like, there should be some some tension still. I don't know. Forte throws a big fit and like then he gets his laser powers, like you said. <laughs> Yeah, and somehow the organ plays loud music and the castle starts falling apart. Right, but then and Beast like, yells and everything works out. It's the pretty last much, because Beast is like, no, and I'm like, yeah, he's going to smash the thing. Something fucking cool is going to happen. And they're no, like, just yells. No, they're like, Beast, the keyboard or something, and we zoom in on the keyboard, and he just grabs it and like the playing stops because he lifts it in the air. He fucking unplugs the organ <laughs> and fixes it. like. <laughs> and then eventually I think he smashes some shit, but the danger was gone when he picked up the keyboard. I don't know. It was dumb. This is a dumb movie. It really is. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs>